Hey, mate. G'day, guys. How are you? How's it going, everyone? Welcome to Ruin Hammer. Welcome to, uh, yeah, episode uh, two, episode 33, mate, I think we're at to, up to now. 33. We're getting through them. We are. We are indeed. How's, how's things, mate? How's it going? Unfortunately, uh, probably not the news you wanted to hear today. Bit of an extended lockdown down there. <laughs> yeah, we've got uh, another four weeks to put us on. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's, uh, mate, it is what it is, you know. There's not much you can do about it. Um, so I guess I'm, I'm looking at these four walls for another couple of weeks. Uh, mate, I've got to find, what I do have to do, I've got, I've got to find a mobile barber um, so I can get my hair cut and, and have my beard trimmed because it's, <laughs> it's starting to just get way out of control now. It's, um, so yeah. get, get yourself uh, manicured. To look at least, yeah. you know, yeah. somewhat civilized. Yeah. I think, yeah, somewhat civilized, somewhat civilized. It's um, I, I don't know if anyone's noticed. We've got a new format tonight on screen too. It's uh, we're trying a new software program out, so um, we're hoping it goes well. <laughs> you, you know us, you know, we're always on top of all these technological changes. So, uh, yeah, I hope you guys look like the new setup. Um, yeah. We're having a bit of an experiment, and uh, hopefully, it's here to stay. And we'll bring in you, bring you guys, um, some great content through this format. Yeah, absolutely. We can we can do a little bit more. We can we can share a little bit more in terms of uh, graphics and, and visuals. As you can see, we have got the the logo sitting be behind us now, and we're kind of uh, superimposed over the top. And uh, we've got yep. some banners that can pop up at the bottom of the screen. So we're going to be using. Some banner headings at the moment. We've got our Linktree banner sitting there. So uh, if you go yeah. to Linktree, you can find all our uh, social media platforms in one in one spot. Um, that's right. Uh, it's everywhere where we have a presence online. Um, we're also going live to YouTube tonight. We're trying that. So g'day to everyone who's watching us through YouTube. Um, yeah, great yeah. to have you with um, us. Yeah, it's uh, we're getting technical, mate. We're growing. We. <laughs> We are. <laughs> been in the game for almost a year now, so we're yeah. we're getting a bit of experience in this uh, the the world of online streaming. Absolutely. There was anyway, actually, mate, yeah, it, it, it is almost a year. I think it was the first week of August we went live for the first time last year. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. If anyone's interested, go back and watch that to see how far we have come. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, a couple um, of people let's saying hello, mate, just before we move through. Uh, Victor Kiwi Kiwi's on. Uh, Sean James, of course. Uh, my mum Mary's course, on. Mark Shorty. Roberts. Uh, Mark Roberts tuning in for his weekly rants with Ruin Hammer segment that he loves so much. Uh, right. I'm sure Ciala will be in pretty soon. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it was a good one, mate, wasn't it? Yeah, it was awesome. Fantastic chat with Jazz. Uh, always open and honest. That's what we love about him. Um, yeah. Interviews like he plays, straight to the point. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> How about yeah. his pre-game ritual? I had that. I had that in my head all day. <laughs> I was so worried. I, I thought his pre-game ritual was going to be about something else to do. Releasing with... the tension, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that. Um, so when he when he's said what it was uh i was kind of a, a bit relieved uh and kind of understandable I, I think you know i i have i've had that kind of um that bowel stuff happen when i get nervous at times i guess so yep. yeah it's probably just understandable i think 
Ah, it's yeah. all part of the fun. Yeah, mate. Okay, well, I think um, we should address the elephant in the room, and that is yep. Roger Tuivasa-Shek's sudden decision to depart the Warriors early, um, yep. a decision that the club gave their full support to, and we were notified about that on Monday. Yeah, for me, it was um, it was very surprising, to be honest. It's not something I was expecting. Um and look, Roger's been a great servant for the for the game and, and you know, for the Roosters when he was there and for the Warriors. Um, and there's arguments on both sides for him leaving early and staying on, um, which we'll discuss. Yep. We'll try to discuss now. Um, and just, you know, for those that are watching, uh, please be aware uh, that we're not taking a side in this discussion at this point in time. Um, at this point, we're just going to yeah. talk about, yeah, we're just going to talk about the pros and cons of his decision um however at the end we'll, we will give our personal opinion at the end of the discussion uh but yeah moving forward i think you know if you just listen to the the points that we raise and you guys can make up your own mind you know we're all we're all adults um yeah so yeah exactly right um first and foremost the the first key point i think is family um he endured a long season last year 2020 without his family and you know and he displayed time and time again, like a first, me a, a, like a professional mentality. Um, and he, he put the team first. Um, and yeah, like he was without his family. He missed the first steps of his kids. Uh, he missed a lot of a lot of great moments. And um, yeah, he stuck through right until the end. He had the opportunity to leave early as well um, when he was injured in the second last round, and he decided yep. to stay on. Um, yeah, that's true. And um, as you said, like it's his team first mentality has always been at the forefront. And by the way, these are the points for him in favour of him being able to leave early. In favour, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's a pers personal sacrifice that he made. He, he, as you said, he continued to display that team first mentality. Um, and again, that was dis displayed this season when he suffered a compound fracture of his finger in that Anzac Day game warm up, mm. uh, yeah. an injury that would have ruled anybody out. And he asked to be stitched up just so he could play. Um, so putting that into context, we've got uh, Adam Fanua Blake uh, suffering a compound fracture in his finger in last week's game. He left the field and didn't return. And he will now spend a few weeks on the sideline. And this is by no way is casting aid at, at AFB at, at all. Um, as every other NRL player who's had a, uh, a compound fracture to their finger this season has missed game time. Uh, RTS didn't. He, he backed up the following week against the Cowboys, um, such is his commitment to the team. So, you know, I mean, people are uh, have said a few things about his decision to leave, but you can't question his commitment to the team, over, especially over the past two years in this difficult time that we've been going through. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next point is pride. I mean, he's, he's been a wonderfully strong captain, leading the club through the toughest two seasons in the club's history. Um, fronting the media every week and fielding questions from the media and acting such an exemplary way um, that it was endeared to all within the NRL. And that was reflected in him winning captain of the year in the Dally M's. And that was well-deserved and universally recognised um, of the effort that he did put in despite the adversity. Yeah. Um, and the other, the other crucial one is the travel bubble. Um, there's the, mm. the the uncertainty of a pan pandemic. We've been going through this uncertainty since March 2020. Um, mm. 
and 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 how it moves through the community at such a rapid and uncontrollable pace. Um, and I, I go back to you know five weeks ago, I'm sitting in the stands at Central Coast Stadium watching games of footy, and now we're in a lockdown that's been going on for for two hard weeks, and we've got another four to go. So. Um, the New Zealand government is closing that trouble bubble, bubble indefinitely to Australia. Um, there's no time period that they're going to be opening that in the near future. Um, and Jazz even said that last night that they've been told that they could be here until December. Um, so no one from Australia, regardless of whether you're a Kiwi or not, will be able to travel to New Zealand for a minimum of at least eight to ten weeks uh, from this weekend on. Um, so after this weekend, Kiwis will have to wait for at least eight weeks um, and depending on how that pandemic's going, uh, you know, it could be Christmas before they get home. And then when they do get home, there's a 14-day isolation. Now, his window to return to New Zealand and not need to isolate and have a timely plan in place for his family and his transition expires this week, basically. And although we can't repeat what Jazz said last night, for those that were tuning in, um, yeah, Mark, Mark Roberts certainly was. <laughs> I yeah, can see. Um, for those, yeah, for those that were choosing in last night, um, we can't repeat what Jazz said. But you know, there there is a reason that Roger's leaving in terms of of the rugby side of things. Uh, Jazz dropped a bombshell that no one knew, and we probably weren't supposed to know. And I know it's on our. I mean, if you want to know what it is, you can go back and watch the interview with Jazz last night. But uh, Jazz yeah. has has asked us. Um, he yeah, <laughs> the oh, how do you get the comments up? They're getting up now. I I have figured out a way because I'm a technical genius, of course. <laughs> wow, <laughs> awesome. Um, that's awesome. Oh yeah, great. And well stuff. said, Sonny. There as well. Yeah, yeah. We're learning as um, we go here, folks. <laughs> mate, I love. Yeah, that's awesome. Can you do you get? Can you do, oh breaking away? I'm kind of stopping because uh, I mean <laughs> we, this, is, we this is a new program for us. <laughs> yeah, we um we spent an hour and a half on 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 air on Monday night just to my individual account, um, trying to work out how to do all this stuff. So yeah, we couldn't get it working, but obviously the technical genius there in Queensland is um yeah that's all right. Everything's working uh, north of the yeah. border. Don't worry. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, good to see. Um, yeah, so we'll be yeah, keeping an eye on that. Drop, yeah, yeah. So Jazz did drop a a little bombshell last night that we can't really talk about, but yeah, it's um that's uh, one thing. And then the final one's the club approval, mate, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, and let's remember that his early release from his contract wouldn't be possible without the blessing of the club. The whole the whole aspect of him leaving a year early to start with isn't possible without the club giving them their blessing. We do understand there are clauses. Yep. In the contract, that means that he will, if he does come back to rugby league, then the Warriors will have first dibs on him. Um, and and also this uh, sort of premature um, release from his from the final for the final six games of this season also come with the full blessing of the club, as we saw in the the press conference on Monday with uh, Cam George yep. and RTS himself. Yeah, mm. true. It's um, and there's some valid arguments against him leaving early too. Um, the main one being his contract. His original contract was until the end of 2022. However, the club have allowed him to break his contract early to be able enable him to, to be able to chase his dream to play rugby and hopefully break into the All Blacks. But the club has also now allowed him to break con uh, like the so the club allowed him to break his contract early, uh, 12 months early. 
so uh, and now making him break his contract another six weeks early before the season's up. Uh, the argument is that he should have been made to see out the season. Um, you know. It, yeah, exactly. Uh, and the other factor due to that is the injuries. Um, yep. We're going through an unprecedented injury crisis with no less than 12 of our current roster unavailable this week. Um, can it be viewed as walking out in the biggest time of need not to get 17 players fit on the field this weekend? We couldn't even name a full 22. We got a couple no, of development no. guys in there as well. So um, that's a valid point. Um, and the other thing is the the team mentality. Can it be almost be can it also almost be perceived that with six games to go, and still a mathematical chance of playing finals footy? Um, that's it. Let's not will, forget that. Yeah, Jazz yeah, said it himself club, last night. Yep. Yeah, the clubs put a line through the season, put the gear in the rack, written the season off. Um, Amsley said, "Yeah, okay, you can go home." Yeah, it's it's a bit of a dangerous message to be sending to the fans and supporters, I suppose, and also the young guys in the squad, like your Reese Walsh's, Rocco Berries, uh, Otto Colos, these guys who who are just you know, super grateful to be given an opportunity in first grade, and yeah. and when you've got, you know, it could be interpreted as when the going gets tough. Don't worry, you can just walk away. And his teammates who would hold him, obviously, in such high regard, start to think that perhaps he is walking out when they need his leadership the most. It's, it's, it is, you know, possibly a valid argument. Yeah, and, and I mean, if you get on the social media posts, it's, a, it's become a polarising thing similar to the uh, re-signing of Sean Johnson. It's so that the pe- there's no one's, no one's down the middle, middle line. Everyone's either t- or totally against it. Um, I've listened to a couple of podcasts today, uh, just getting some other, um, uh, what would you call it, uh, points of view uh, from other people, basically, just to see what others are saying. Uh, and it, it is, it's, it's completely different depending on who you listen to. There's some that are totally for his decision. There's some that are 100% against it, um, which is, a, is, it's a shame in that respect to see him bow out um, the way that he is, I guess. Um, yeah, it's, uh, my, my personal opinion on that though, uh, is I support Roger on his decision because I'm not living his life. I'm not in his shoes. Uh, I don't live in his conditions with his consequences and, and no man can fault, uh, another man for the decisions he makes for the good of his family and himself. Uh, after what he's been through in the past two seasons is he's entitled to be a little bit selfish and make decisions for his best interests. Mm. Yes, I would have preferred to have seen him play out the last six games of the season, but he has decided to leave, and it now gives those who rem- who remain uh, to carry the torch for him, as he has done so many times on so many occasions in the past few, few seasons. So, um, personally, I wish Roger nothing but the best wishes for his future successes uh, for him and his family, and I'll continue to stay in contact with him and, and follow his journey. How about you, mate? What's your thoughts on this? Yeah, look, look, my 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 take on it's a little bit complex. Uh, my initial my initial reaction was, mate, he deserves it. Um, he's he's been through a lot the last two years, particularly last year without the family. Um, he chose to stay, as we as we touched on before. He chose to stay when he could have gone home early last year. And I thought, yep. I don't know, you know what? He's been a great servant to the club, a wonderful captain, just a just an awesome bloke. And I thought, you know, there's no one who deserves it more. Then then I sort of. 
thought about it. And like like you said, I, I tried to get a more rounded view of it as well. I listened to quite a few podcasts. We probably listened to this to the same ones as well. And um yeah, and, and the one thing that that was stuck in my mind was well, what does the club does the club get anything out of this? It seemed a little bit strange that considering the injury crisis and the, the lack of personnel. Um, that we would let our best player and our captain, one of our, our most experienced players, leave six weeks early when, let's face it, we're struggling. We can't even get a 22-man squad together. And my thought was, well, what does the club get out of this? There must be I, – I, I thought, well, maybe there's something that we're missing here. There's, there's another element in the equation that hasn't been brought forward that the, maybe the public doesn't need to be made aware of. Um, and I did I – did, start to sort of sway and, and listening to Paul Kent and I'm actually I'm actually a pretty big fan of Paul Kent um, I know he's another polarizing figure and listening to him and I, know, I guess I get that a lot of people were, were angry at what he said and I understand that Paul Kent never ever takes anything family related into his consideration when he's discussing the players leaving I mean, obviously, he yeah. doesn't understand the different dynamics of the, you know, the Polynesian families and everything, and it's how, how um, closely tight knit they are. And um, yeah, so I mean, I, I agreed somewhat with what he said, and the the comment about well, he has a contract and he's and he's very well paid as well. Um, so having said all that, you know what? I'm still fine. I'm still fine with yeah. it. He has. As you said, he has done his time. He's been a wonderful servant to the club, great player, led by example, um, and he's toughed it out. He's done his time in the trenches, and you know what? I've I've got no problem with him going home, saying all that. No, it, it, we we had this discussion off air about the um, there must be something behind the scenes that we're mm. just not being told because the press of the day was just so. Um, it was like a superficial type of thing. There was no real depth to what was going on. Um, it was all about, oh, you know, he's got to get home, blah, blah, blah. This is his only opportunity. And they did bring up the rugby thing, but not in, in, in great um, detail or context. And it wasn't until Jazz said what he said last night um, yeah. that kind of, kind of made it make sense a little bit more um, that, of why he has to get back sooner rather than later to give him this opportunity that he's been afforded uh, by New Zealand rugby. Um, my, my counter my counter argument to that, though, would be why should we care what he's going to do in rugby? Why should the Warriors be trying to help him out with his rugby career? I mean, I, I know I, that I sounds can, a little yeah. bit harsh. I, I, that didn't, no, that no, didn't no. come across the best, but um, not to say that they don't care about what he does in his rugby career. But at the same yep. time, he's still contracted to the Warriors. hundred percent, hundred percent. It's just interesting I agree with that. That, that that the rugby side of it would factor into it at all. That that was I what guess, I would question. Yeah, I guess the Warriors allowing him to leave early and not have a, a problem with it is, um, for not the stuff the eighty minutes that the fans get to see every week on the field. It's the all those minutes spent behind the scenes of the stuff mm. that he sacrifices and does for the club. And their thank you to him is, look, 
you've been given an opportunity here. We are not going to stand in your way. You can go with our blessing. And thank you very much for everything you've done. Not just the 80 minutes that fans to see and and um, criticise on a weekly basis, but the you know however many minutes there are in the rest of the week that he spent in lockdown with his teammates. Um, you know they're they're thanking him for you know that that that's their thank you to him for letting him go. And the club you know isn't getting anything in return except for the fact that you know Roger Tuivasa-Sheck has played at our club, has been our captain. He's been able to mentor some of these young kids through. Um, you know, I mean, Reese while spending another six weeks with, with Roger would have been fantastic, but um, this is the reality that we're living in and um, it doesn't matter what people's opinions are of the the situation. It's happened. On he, He's on a plane tomorrow. That's it. And, and, you know, we wish him luck. Yeah, absolutely. After after having said all that, you know, like we, yeah, I'll just echo those thoughts. We wish him all the best. Yeah, absolute champion bloke. Um, and another interesting point around Roger is, mate, Hammer, you were at his debut game for the Warriors. The round one, thirty-four to twenty-six, lost the West Tigers at Campbelltown in twenty sixteen. Yep. And I was actually yep. at his final game for the Warriors, the round eighteen loss, the thirty sixteen to the Panthers at Suncorp two weeks ago. So there yeah. you go. And we were both at his one hundredth game for the Warriors, the round six victory over the Dragons at Strata Jubilee Stadium this year. So isn't that a bit freaky? <laughs> that's uh that's very fair. I do I remember that game very vividly. Um I took my daughter Katana to that game. Uh it was another one of those classic uh, come from behind, points run down from the Warriors, but a late uh, James Tedesco try got the Tigers home uh, to bury us. But after the game, it was pretty special because um, Jim Doyle was over here for that game and Shontane Harpy had just taken over the, the membership mm. role at the Warriors, so he was here as well. Um, and they were sitting with us in, uh, I think we had two supporters base um, sold out at uh, Campbelltown. Uh, the Warriors came over the stands at the uh, end of the game. We performed a mass impromptu harker for the team. Uh, got great picks of that day. It was, um, yeah, it was good memories. It was, uh, it was a great, great day that day in, in terms of the experience. Um, Sonny Kapoor, you guys need to stop going to live games. Never. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want us to take that hit? <laughs> yeah. So, um, um, yeah. So, yeah, it was yeah, good. Look- yeah, look, to, to finish off the discussion, I just want to, again, thank Roger for the time he's given us, uh, particularly this season with his time after the games. And, and you've been fortunate to develop a good relationship with Miss Season Hammer. Yeah, I, I've been very lucky, mate. Um, not just him, but, uh, you know, the, a lot of the Warriors uh, within that that uh, environment, not just players, but, you know, team officials and, um, and management as well. But from that round one game when we asked him for a pick uh, when he came out and we introduced ourselves to him as Ruin Hammer. And he says, oh, yeah, yep. Ruin Hammer, I know you guys. Yeah, and uh, we, we're kind of tickled pink because at that stage we hadn't had a lot of, uh, yeah, to do with with the team. Um, and then after that uh, game, every game as he walked out, walked from the field, he'd find me in the crowd, to me, like out the back, like he'd point out the back. Um, uh, and, you know, I'd go out the back and, and wait for him to come out of the sheds and he'd come straight over to, before he'd head off and be mobbed by the autograph hunters. Um, and he'd just have a fo- informal, like a, a candid informal five, six minute chat. Uh, and most times about things other than footy, um, you know, just talking about family and, and life in that 
uh, COVID environment and so forth. So, um, yeah, I got to know him quite well in that respect. Like, you know, as you can, somebody, uh, you know, in short burst conversations, but he's, he's a truly humble, humble man. Um, yeah, great memories of Rog. Yeah, I've got some, I've got a personal favourite memory of, of him, and that was in the 2017 um, game on the Gold Coast where uh, my lovely wife, Cleo, was lucky enough to win the, the Lucky Door Prize, which was uh, two uh, return flights to New Zealand to go to a game of our choice that year. And Roger actually presented her with the prize. And, and when we actually got over to New Zealand for the game, I was lucky enough to do the coin toss on the field. Uh, TK will remember this because it's the first time I've met him. Um, and as soon as we walked out onto the field, he was just like, it's the Gold Coast guys. And that, that was, oh, like, unbelievable because he, he'd remembered us. And, yeah, yeah, that we were just we were just blown away. And he was so – we posed for photos with him on the field before the game. And yep. um, we did the coin toss. And then afterwards, um, when we went back into the, the gym later on, he, he you know, he, he was just so – he's it just summed him up, you know, his attention to detail. He, he, he didn't have to remember that we had won that competition. He didn't even no. have to acknowledge us, but he went out of his no. way to do that. I'll never forget it. It's still the profile pic on my Facebook because it was just such a wonderful moment. Um, what about yourself? Mate, I've got a couple of, of field moments and then a, a, another personal one like you have. Like for me, on his golden point try against the Roosters at Central Coast Stadium in 2016, I think that was round five. Um, I was there for that game. Um that solo try that he scored against the Cowboys in 2018 when he stood up Michael Morgan and, and scored under the post. Um, his tackle on Alec round one in 2018 to deny a try. Yeah. Uh, the first time we beaten... Yeah, I think that was over in Perth. It was the first time we won in Perth. It was, uh, it was a, a round one win, which is very rare in a Warriors jersey. And a win um, over the Rabbitohs, which we... And it, <laughs> which he's up yeah. this week. <laughs> Um, obviously a medal award and then the uh, harker that followed from Bully Jazz and, and Jordan Rappiner that day. Um, but the, probably the, the personal one that, that gives me a kick because it really made my daughter um, get all those feel-good, funny vibes about it was um, when we went and watched him play his 100th game at, at uh, Netstrata Stadium this year. Uh, and we were outside and we will chatting to most of the players as they walked out and, and getting on the bus. And um, when he was walking out, he was being mobbed by fans. And we could see him about 50 metres in. And um, my daughter, Katana, had, had never actually met him. And like all games, she was kind of asking us, oh, do you know the players? Do you know the players? And as they're coming out and talking to us and she's getting photos, she's a bit tickled pink. Yeah. And then... Um, Rogers kind of spotted us and he's, he's looked up, he's waved like that and he's kind of made a beeline straight for us and my daughter just standing there going, oh, my God, oh, my God, Dad, Roger knows who you are. <laughs> um, that, he's that guy from the TV. That's probably a memory, <laughs> memory that will stay with me for a long, long time. Um, so, yeah, so yeah, he's, been, he's been great, mate, he's, and uh, we're, gonna, we're truly going to miss him. Um, and, and selfishly, I hope that his rugby career is uh, a lot like Benji's and we see him back in a Warriors jersey <laughs> sooner rather than later. In, in, in six months' time. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> we, we wouldn't jinx him that badly. We do, we do hope no. he goes well and, and gets to fulfil his dream, uh, lifelong boyhood dream of representing the All Blacks. Um, he's, he's been a wonderful yeah. servant to the game, an ambassador for the game. 
And yeah. as you just said, I hope he hasn't been lost to the game forever. And But I, I do like to think that we will see him back in the Warriors jersey again at some point. Oh, I hope um, so. It really was the end so. of his career, fairy tale return. He, maybe yeah. you can have the longevity of Benji's career as well. Wouldn't that be awesome? That'd be good. That'd be awesome, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yeah, let him go do his rugby dream. Go win a World Cup with the All Blacks. Come back. Come back and bring us a premiership. How about that? Yeah. Rog, deal. Yeah. Deal. Yeah, yep. we'll lock that in. Yep. Sunny All right, mate. <laughs> exactly. I think it's time to rip this bloody Band-Aid off. Um, oh, let's get into the review of last oh. week's dismal <laughs> loss to the Rabbitohs. Uh, what do you reckon? Yeah. Yep. Got to do what you got to do. I took the two-hour drive with the Sean star. Uh, well, I should say Sean. I was lucky enough to be driven yep. by Sean to the game from Brisbane to the Sunshine Coast to watch the boys play. And, uh, mate, it was an absolutely punishing watch. Uh, the Rabbits with a late change to the serial killer, Campbell, Dexter Graham, ruled out <laughs> due to concussion protocols. And one game, Warrior Tane Mill into the centres covered his spot. And the Warriors had no changes to the 17. Big AFB leading the side for the first time as captain. Um, joining some illustrious names that have led our club admirably. And DWZ, the ultimate sacrifice of foregoing the birth of his third child in Sydney on Friday to stay in camp and the team and their time of need due to the injury crisis. So big props to him yeah. for that. Yeah, it, I, I imagine at the end of the game, mate, it would have been punishing drive home. Um, it the, sure was, wasn't it, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> the Warriors, the Warriors had a had a really good. The Warriors had a good first set with Matt Lodge having two really early carries. Uh, Cody finding the grass with his first kick of the game, which, to be honest, has been a rarity for the Warriors this season. Um, subsequent sets uh, that we had uh, were relatively even between both sides before Adam Reynolds um, earned a force uh, a force dropout, and that's something that he's been doing quite regularly for the Rabbitohs this year. That was something that we needed to be a lot better at, at stopping uh, last weekend. We did put a 70-metre dropout on from that uh, from that dropout, that forced dropout, which put pressure on the Rabbits' attack. And then they tried to shift the ball left, uh, which resulted in a, a drop ball. And then um, DWZ swooped on the ball, uh, ran 45 metres to, to score his, try in, uh, his first try in Warriors' colours. Um, a nice little uh, post-try celebration there into the camera for his wife and new baby at home. Um, and the chosen one, Reese Walsh, nailing the sideline conversion uh, for an early 6-0 lead. And I must admit, at this point, I was feeling very optimistic. And it was about this point in time when I turned to Sean and said, you know what one of our weaknesses is? Not completing a set after points. <laughs> and we got we got through to the fifth tackle, all right, some strong carries. And then, unfortunately, the chosen one puts it out in the full, nullifying all advantage that we'd had there. Rabbitohs began their set around halfway, signifying that the rot was about to start. Yeah. A repeat set, um, and the Rabbitohs camped on our line, and Tom Burgess was a very, very soft try off a basic crash play. But the previous play of the ball from Cam Murray was dusty at absolute best, very questionable. He didn't get to his feet to play the ball. We even saw that at the game. It's a penalty every day of the week. Wasn't blowing. Jazz spoke and, about uh, it last night. Yes. And then to compound that, while, while she, uh, the, the golden the golden boy, the chosen one, 
uh, kicks out the fall from the restart, and this puts the Warriors under absolute pressure again. Rabideau starting yes. their set deep in the Warriors' half. Yeah, mate, they did. They put the ball out and in the touch, and then they start to pile on the points. Uh, just a shift, a basic um, four-on-three play created by Cody Walker gets Jackson Paulo over in the right corner. Um, Tom Burgess got his second try of the match from another crash play. Uh, Damien Cook too is, easy. Yeah, darting out a dummy half and, and turning Burgess under on the inside. Um, the South tries were extremely soft um, with the Warriors defence in real stark contrast to what we saw against Penrith the, uh, the previous week. Um, South having all the momentum, uh, working the ball well through their sets and Rue fucking non Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, sorry, mate. Sorry for being right. <laughs> maybe, one, maybe one day I'll get something good right, you know, like, oh, we're going to win the premiership this year. <laughs> no, mate, uh, that's not Nostradamus. That's, um, what's that? That's just losing your head. Um, yeah, the, the, I, I just thought the War the Rabbitohs kicking game um, was just pinpoint. Uh, Reynolds and Cody Walker, their kicking game was on point. They kept turning us into a corner uh, or getting repeat sets. It was, um, yeah, it was just uh, sad. Yeah. It was, and to make things worse, the merchandise was knocked off the shelf. Uh, got his head in an awkward position trying to affect a tackle on Toddy Payton's love child, Mark Nichols. Uh, got absolutely sandwiched between the love child and Matty Lodge. So, yeah, that didn't look good. He looked extremely dusty, and, yeah, as a result, out this week. He sent for an HIA Eli Katoa into the game earlier than anticipated. Rabbitohs with dead set all the ball and all the running, keeping the pressure on the Warriors' defence before Cam Murray is deemed to have lost the ball and to play the ball before getting to his feet in a similar incident to the ball before the first Rabbits try that was let go. Highlighting the inconsistencies in the refereeing during the game. It's probably just a square up, but, you know, it could have come... They could have got it right the first time. That's what I mean. How's it a square up when they get a converted try out of the first one and then we just get... We, we, we get, get a penalty on our 20. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um... The Warriors did look to try and shift the momentum with the ball in hand. Uh, again, our kicking game just just let us down. Um, I question why Walsh is doing all the general play kicking with Townsend and Cody both on the field. It's a it's a massive um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for responsibility that Walsh is they're putting on Walsh's shoulders. Probably doesn't uh, need and, it. Needed at the moment for such a young guy, yeah. Isn't that why we bought? Isn't that why we bought Townsend on the short-term deal was to mm. be able control our games? Um, anyway, South just continue to roll downfield. They earn repeat sets, and um, <laughs> Latrell Mitchell with just a freakish pass, um, despite heavy defence all around him, hits Cameron Murray for a next try uh, next to the post, um, and then it's a Latrell Mitchell run down the right channel that sets the rabbits up for a try to Cody Walker under the post. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's yeah, it's not looking good. Ellie Katoa leaves the field for HIA at the same time. Um, Jack Murchie was confirmed to have failed his. And the Hood, your man, the Hood, Lisa Armao comes into the action. The Rabbos continue their dominance with Jaden Sewer scoring off an Adam Reynolds short ball ridiculously easily, whilst through pretty much untouched. Yep. Um, and the Warriors with absolutely no answers to the questions being asked them and needing to stiffen up their defence. We had any chance of making, you know, making a game of it at halftime, and a rare Rabbitohs mistake, and we get a rare set inside the twenty meters with the scrum. AFB goes close, and the shift to the right, and the poor pass, equaled by yeah, some equally bad handling. Sees so us uh, turn over the ball cheaply, 
without being able to build any pressure at all. Big problem. Massive problem. Yeah, absolutely. But a rare kick error from South, uh, whether they put the ball out um, dead. Uh, we get a seven-tackle set. Uh, Cody hits Adam Pompey running through a hole. who finds um, Chatty Townsend. Uh, support pass to Hectic Montoya, who did the hectic juggling backwards running act. Wasn't that hectic? Um, Doesn't, wasn't yeah. that just a classic Montoya try? Hectic, yeah. <laughs> the ba- the baby giraffe Montoya. try. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, to score a yes, much-needed di- uh, try. Um, a great set after points with Coding fighting uh, Dallin at pace down the right sideline. He turns uh, finds Cody back in support on the inside. And all of a sudden, again, I'm buoyed because the Warriors are back in the contest. We go in at 34-16 down, but we've finished off well. We've finished the, the half off well, um, but we are down to 15 to start the second half with confirmation Eli Katoa fails his HIA as well. Yeah, well, mate, any spark or hint of a comeback was extinguished very early in that second half. Um, the Rabbitohs came out full of running. Again, we had no answers to them. Jaden Sue were just powering, uh, powering over. Again, another ridiculously soft try, carrying... Um, the golden child and the hood over the line. Yeah, um, mate, so you can see it. Souths were just surging upfield, um, seventy to eighty meters every time they had the ball, and we just couldn't contain them. We just couldn't keep them pinned on their own half. We just didn't have the line speed. They were just powering through us. We're able to stop the Rabbitohs from scoring for multiple sets, but the weight of possession is South's favour, and the inevitable happens when uh, the source, Josh Mansour, scoring in the left corner. And then Jaden Sewer goes close to his first ever hat trick, uh, held up over the line. And the next play, the ball gets Rabbitohs shift to the dangerous left side, and uh, Mansour gets the easiest double he'll probably get in his career. Absolutely, um, yeah. <laughs> it was just, yeah, it was just, <laughs> it was just, it was, it was soft is the only word you can you can use. And I understand, like you know, from what Jazz was saying last night. Sometimes you start looking at the scoreboard, and then you start trying harder. And the harder you try, the worse things become. It's it's like quicksand. You you're trying to get yourself out, but you're just digging yourself a, di- a deeper hole. And I get that that happens. Um, for us, though, it happens way too often. Uh, yeah, a rare Latrell Mitchell mistake gave the Warriors an extremely rare set inside the Rabbits' 25 meter zone. But as per usual, the, the set ends predictably with a ball handling error that his captain's challenged, uh, but the re- video ref deems Jazz to have lost the ball forward rather than stripped. Uh, and I think that was just a, a classic, um, we need a rest here, kind of, let's stop play for a minute, we're going to challenge this. Strategic, uh, that, strategic challenge. Yeah. Strategic, yeah. Um, AFB becomes the third retirement of the game for the Warriors, uh, leaving the field with 25 minutes to go with that compound uh, fracture to his, his finger. Um, I did see the vision of that on uh, Instagram. It was ugly. You could actually see down to it, down to the bone uh, in his hand. Oh, uh, it wasn't Matt, that awful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Horror show. Um, Matt Lodge with a much-needed one-on-one strip gets a worries another another set inside the South Hut. But, you know, two plays later, a forced pass from the very same man gives the ball straight back to South. Uh, and that was kind of – that summed up our afternoon quite well. Mate, that summed up the last probably month – um, yeah. Although we were totally outclassed, though, we did manage to, to peg one back with a great sort of kick inside from um, Chaddy Townsend for the Golden Child to score under the sticks. But but what about the attention from Latrell afterwards? Like, where's the yeah, eight-point try? Yeah. It's just, yeah. just grubby, grubby stuff. Um, 
so that gets us up to 22 points. Um, poor handling again in the set after points, though. Surprise, surprise. Uh, turn the ball over cheaply, and we just can't build any pressure whatsoever. It's it's a massive issue, especially with the Rabbitohs marching upfield and Kolomatungi crashing over on the fifth tackle, like untouched, like pretty much a, a yeah. man of his size going over untouched. And then the subsequent set sees Latrell Mitchell put the Warriors to the sword with a well-earned try. Um, and then didn't he carry on a bit afterwards? Um, yeah. And the, rab- the rab- Rabbits with the ball in hand, closed the game out, earned forced dropout, um, the Warriors. Uh, went out in the fall and, you know, look, it just summed it up. Summed just, up. The, it kind of put a uh, – we put the ball out on the full – for them to start their points, ball out on the full at the end of their point scoring. Uh, symmetry. Symmetry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was like, there you go. That's it. South, South with their seven, seventh win in a row. Uh, us, our seventh loss in a row. Um, look, mm. for all the accolades that he gets, Reese Walsh's kicking game was very problematic. Um, his first fifth ta- his first kick went out, uh, fifth tackle kick went out on the full. Um, his first kickoff went out on the full. Um, I said it before, um, they were big momentum shift uh, in the Rabbitohs' favour, those two uh, things. S- Chad Townsend really should have stepped up and taken control of that kicking game uh, and general play direction. Yeah, That's he what he was to. brought to the club to do, yeah, um, on a short-term deal. Failure to do so, for me, it's resulted in that lopsided first half that leaked 34 preventable points. Obviously, the defensive game wasn't good enough. I'm not saying that it was. Uh, I'm not saying that um, Chad Townsend's kicking game would have changed the defence, but Chan- Chad Townsend's kicking game would have kept us in the game a little bit longer. It's um, it's it was just poor. It, it existed all season, and it does it just it doesn't seem to change no matter who we put in there. Um, it, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's it was like a poison chalice type thing. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mate, there's some interesting stats from this game. Um, let me get them with you, and you can throw them up on the screen for everyone. Okay, um, let's have a look. Because because it was, it truly was a one-sided affair. Um, look at that possession. So, yeah, That's what sticks yeah. out. Yeah. South had 67 possession to our 33. You're never going to win a game of footy. Um, you look at the like sets. South, South completed 35 sets. We completed 20. That's 15 sets more with the ball. Um, look at the uh, run meters, 2,355. We didn't crack, crack 1,000. Didn't crack 1,000 run meters in a game of footy. Um, it was just, yeah, it was just such a, a one-sided sided affair, uh, which, where was the other, there was another stat, turn meters. I the think stats we really one. tell the story of the match, don't they? Sometimes they can oh, be mate. misleading, but, mate, you look at yep. this and you can see why we got absolutely pounded. Yeah, absolutely. Um, tackle made, 383 to 236. That's 150 more tackles. Yeah, post-contact 150 more tackles. massive as well. <clears throat> yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's just, yeah, it, it, it just wasn't good enough. Um, and, and I'm not saying uh, this was by any to do with uh, 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 the lopsided stats was anything to do with the referees. This was basically us killing ourselves because of our poor um, defence. That's pretty much what it come down to. All those, 
those uh, attacking stats in South's favour was as a result of us not being able to control our sets, control the ball, and, um, you know, we, defensively we were just... We, we couldn't just handle them physically. They were shrugging off one-on-one tackles every time we weren't. We weren't putting the man down. They're getting offloads. They were making metres, post-contact metres. We just couldn't handle them. As you said, no. every single set they were surging upfield. And then we're right. Yeah. We're under pressure, running the ball back from our own line. We, I don't know. We just we just couldn't match them physically. No, see, Alan makes a good point. He said Townsend's been nursing his shoulder injury on the last two games. I'm aware of that, which begs the question: Why the hell has he been playing then? If he's if he's not a hundred percent, and he's the man that's supposed to be steering us around, then find somebody else. Mm. Uh, Sean Sean O'Sullivan. Uh, I mean, this may be a unpopular opinion, but I have thought Sean O'Sullivan been too bad for us when he's played. Um, you know, he's a he's a man of um he's had very little uh first grade experience because he's he, been he's, he's limited. He has his limitations, yeah. but um he doesn't I mean he doesn't do too much wrong, if that makes any no. sense. He's not dynamic. No. No. Um but he, he has a crack, you know. He he doesn't go missing I can remember the game that I went and watched the Warriors play against Canberra when we were down by a significant margin and came back to win that game. Now, I was sitting in the Warriors supporters' bay, and in the second half, that's uh, where Canberra were running to score their points or to trying to score their points. And there was a couple of times where Canberra got um, uh, forced dropouts. John O'Sullivan was literally barking at the Warriors players to get their asses up off the ground and get in yep. position for a quick dropouts because he was trying to take advantage of the the Raiders tiring in uh, because they had no no subs. Now, yep. to me, I even said to Carlos when we were there, I said, have a go at O'Sullivan, like trying to rally the troops. To me, that that was, yeah, that for, showed a lot of... Um, his first you know, game for the club as well. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and, I, and I've seen it before. He's quite vocal when he's out on the field. I like O'Sullivan as a halfback, and I think O'Sullivan as a halfback this week is going to be a... Uh, a good inclusion for us, uh, and we'll get to that when you know the teams are discussed later on. But um, it's uh, yeah, uh, Walsh kicks two balls dead. Come on, yeah, he does kick two balls dead. He's also um, and like I said, Reese Walsh ball in hand is electrifying and dynamic. Uh, Reese Walsh defending uh, not so good. Um, he's a he's an easy target. Uh, for bigger men, uh, he consistently. The problem is too. He consistently tries to go high, and it was no more evident that than uh, last week when he was trying to tackle Jaden Sewer, and the week before, uh, two weeks ago when he tackled Braden Hamlin. Ueli. That's right. And, yeah, he, um, he literally just tried to jump on, and you know, he, he literally got carried over the line and fell off. He, he's not gonna. Yeah. He's not gonna be able to make those kind of tackles, and nor uh, should it be up to him either. <laughs> No, Christian just jumped on. Wow, new graphics. Well, we're moving up in the world, brother. <laughs> that's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, that 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 key stat of those nine hundred and seventy-seven uh, total uh, run meters for the game. Uh, Dallin one hundred and fifty-five, and Lodge one hundred and seven. The only two men over a hundred, but two men consistent of like. Uh, what twenty something percent of our run meters? So just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Curran with fifty-one tackles, Serenum with forty-one. <coughs> they try it hard. Curran, Curran, try it hard. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, they did. You know, I'm not saying that these guys aren't trying. Uh, but, yeah, it's just... Yeah, it's hard to put a, a finger on what's going wrong when you look at the defensive effort against the Panthers compared to the defensive effort against the Rabbitohs. Yeah, yeah it's, it's chalk and cheese um, and what's happened in one week. And and I know that we did lose players again. We're down to one man on the bench, but, you know, that effort was far from repeated. Yes. Um, the Warriors 2021 statistics, just at a glance... So we've played 18 games. We've had five wins and 13 losses. We've had eight losses by six points or, or less. Three of those losses by one point. Uh, eight times we've scored 20 points or more in a game. Only eight times this season. Eight times this season, our opponents have scored 30 points or more. And then there was that one time where the Cowboys scored uh, 29 in that 29-28 victory. Yeah, so so it's just short just of 30. Even, even the Tigers, when we beat the Tigers, that was only a 30 to 26 scoreline, so it was nearly another 30-point scoreline against us. Um, Ten times this year we've either led or, be, or been equal at halftime, and we've only gone on to win five of those games. The five we lost were by four points to the Knights, one point to Manly, one point to the Cowboys, six points to Manly, and one point to the Dragons. So all those close games, yeah, they're all close games that we could have won. We've won that, no uh, games. Doesn't that tell a different story? If we get all those wins, doesn't that tell a different story? Puts us Absolutely. like ten wins, thirteen losses, and we're yeah. right in the mix. We're probably favourites to to go in there with our run home. We're probably favourites to sneak yeah. into that final spot. Yeah, Boy, we've had oh, zero man. games won. Zero games won when we've been losing at half time. That that's the key stat. Regardless of whether it's by two points or whatever, we're down at half time. Zero points, zero wins. Well, look, mate, I'm pretty keen to put that one behind us. Uh, should we get on to some of the other games that went on round 19? Oh, I guess we could do that, mate. Um, <laughs> so what we have, th Thursday night, we had Canberra 12 versus Parramatta 10. Now, um, this was Thursday night at Seabus Stadium. Uh, both teams without their players, Mitch Moses for the Eels, Jack White for the Raiders. Um, we saw the return of Blake Ferguson, the first grade team, for the first time since round 12. <clears throat> And young uh, Will Penasini making his debut, um, a player with huge wraps on him. And there is a, there is definitely a nickname in there coming. Um, just give us time. Um, Ricky Stewart opting to start no, big puppy, Josh Papali <laughs> from the bench. Uh, Joseph Tarpany promoted to the run on side. Mate, for me, this was an awesome game of footy. Um, built on brutal defence. Parramatta had most of that attack in the, first, in the opening 25 minutes in the, in the Raiders' half. Uh, but the Raiders just held tough with some really resilient defence, particularly on their own line. Yeah, the Raiders with limited opportunities in the Eels' half, mainly due to, you know, unforced handling errors and the like, but they started to build pressure in the back end of that half. Um, the kicking game from both sets of halves was very good um, for both teams, and they found the grass more often than not getting good metres. Oh, yeah. uh, Daddy's boy, Daddy's boy, nickname alert. Uh, Daddy's boy, Jake Martha, in particular, uh, kept the pressure on the Raiders with well-placed bombs and his grubbers, uh, continually earning repeat sets. Yeah, Daddy's Josh Hodgson. Bowl. Yeah, Daddy's boy. <laughs> uh, Josh Hodgson assumed that ball-playing role for the Raiders that was synonymous with their grand final charge in, in 2019, now with, um, uh, what's his name, Georgie Williams gone. Um, yep. Sam Williams, too, for me, has really risen to the challenge since George Williams' departure. And, uh, he's been playing some really quality footy. 
for the past few weeks for the Raiders. Um, the Raiders' line speed in defence was uh, really put the Eels' attack under pressure. Uh, it was semi-final-like uh, defensive dis- display from the Raiders and, and nil all at halftime. It's the first scoreless half in an NRL game since round one uh, between Newcastle and Cronulla in 2019. At 2019, uh, I was going to say. Yeah. Seems like ages ago. Um, it was a, a great half of footy. Some really good, good attacking phases from both teams, but um, it was the physicality of the defence that was the highlight of that extremely entertaining half of footy. Yeah, all the points they did come in the second half, and the Raiders got the first try uh, with Corey Harrell, Weir, and Naira, and Rapana getting the second try. Uh, Rapana, sorry, I should say. Yep. Um, Croker's conversion of the Rapana try gets him equal Thurston on all time point scorers list. That's a great effort from uh, yeah, the old yeah. frowny face. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's third now. Third with, um, I think he's just got. Is it would be Hazem and, um, and Cam Smith? Yeah, in front of yeah, him, mate. Right? yeah, man. Yeah, man. I'm up there. Up yeah. there at about yeah. third, I think. Yeah. Um. Um. Yeah. Para hit back with tries to Dylan Brown, uh, set up by that uh, great Blake Ferguson kick return. Uh, and then Mike Acevo with the bunker failing to identify Dylan Brown was clearly. I, I could not believe that. Kick. What were they watching? No. Were they watching Home Alone or something? In, <laughs> Rant's coming in the set of sticks about that one. Um, the Raiders do withstand a mountain of pressure from the Eels, who had a few sets back-to-back uh, via repeat sets and forced dropouts. But the Raiders' defensive pressure, absolutely incredible. Um, so much physicality and venom in their defence and their goal line resilience. And um, Jordan Rapiner with a, a night out playing, out of position at fullback, 262 run metres, 16 tackles, uh uh, 16 tackle breaks, sorry, two line breaks and a try. So, yeah, great result for the Raiders. Yeah, they, they seem to be surging uh, surging ahead. That that one of those seventh or eighth spot looks to be theirs to lose. Um, yeah. First up Friday, though, we had the Roosters 28 over the Knights 8, and this game was taken to Sunshine Coast Stadium. Um, the Knights headed into this game on the back of some indifferent form, uh, very patchy, very mixed, and the Roosters with the return of Tedesco and Taukiyahu. And uh, yep. Caleb Ponga with a sternum injury in the warm-up required a needle, and it was obvious that, you know, he was struggling with that. I needed that to dull the pain. But some, the Knights with some very early momentum and tack pressure. And um, Jacob Saf with a crash play, got an early try. And the Roosters' bad luck with injuries, Jesus, just continues, uh, losing Billy Smith and Matt Ikevalu to game-ending injuries in the first half. Uh, some more injuries for their, for their mounting toll. And yeah. the Knights seem to have all the momentum, though. However, it's the Roosters who go into the halftime break, and I think this was crucial. Um, 10-8 leaders after tries to Tupanua and the wonder kid, Joey Manu. Yeah, Joey Manu's been outstanding for them this year. Uh, and no, that's why there's so much hype and talk about him, you know, as a possible um, target for the Warriors uh, for 2023 and beyond. Um, the second half was an arm wrestle between both teams, uh, but the Knights really not capitalising on the better field position they had. Um, the Roosters scored via the giraffe, Daniel Tupu, uh, to extend the lead midway through the second half. Um, the Wonder Kid had to shift to the wing due to the injuries and showed his uh, innate abilities creating opportunities. Uh, but Tedesco really came to life in the final 20 minutes. He he set up a try for Lachlan Lamb. He offloaded, uh, finding a rampaging Satili Tupanua, who scored his second try. Uh, and that was followed up by the iconic 10-pin bowling try celebration. Um, and then the Tedesco masterclass continued with um, Teddy putting Lord Angus Crichton in for a late try. 
Nick 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 He's starting to find some form again, Teddy, at the right end of the season. Yeah, absolute masterclass, as you said. The second game yeah. on on Friday night, uh, probably on first glance, looked to be a bit of a fizzer um, with the Storm taking on the Cowboys up there in Townsville. Jake Granville, what a surprise move this was. Normally known as a hooker. If, what is he, about <laughs> five foot two or something? Uh, he's moved yeah. to the fullback position, an odd move, move by our coach and uh, favourite of the show, Toddy Payton. Ex-Tigers yep. junior, Kane Bradley, uh, making his debut for the Cowboys. And Storm looking to equal a club record 15 consecutive wins. Um, we can only dream of that. A lot of anticipation with the return of little puppy, Pappenhausen, nickname alert. And have not play- and he hasn't played since round since Magic Rounds after again knocks senseless by um, Tyrell Fui Tyrell Fui his name escaped me, but as we caught live. <laughs> Caught live in that game. Um, it was a game where the storm looked. They, uh, to be honest, they came out and looked quite flat and a bit off their game. To be honest, yeah, they were missing Munster's creativity around the middle um, and Finucane's defence around that middle uh, third of the field, um, and it created cohesion problems for the storm. I think um, the storm were able to do enough to win, but it was wasn't a great. Uh, it was a great effort from the Cowboys. Sorry. Uh, mm. to not capitulate like they have many times during the season. Um, Josh Adokar brought up his 100th NRL try with his double in the game. Cole Felt brought up his 100th uh, also in that game. The try um, sneak. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Cowboys kick chase. Uh, um, the, the Cowboys kick and chase pre- pressure uh, that they put on Nico Hines all night. Um, he struggled to make any kick return meters. I thought they, they, they did that very, very well. Um, they just kicked to a corner isolated him on an edge and, you know, he really had nowhere to go. And they, yeah, and they it, took, it took him out of the yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah, they, they did. Um, the, the Cowboys' defence kept them well and truly in that contest. And they played with a lot of energy and intensity. And Toddy should be proud of that. Yeah, certainly should be. Melbourne uncharacteristically uh, and uncharacteristic handling errors and low energy. And it's been a while since we've seen the storm rattled like that and, and yep. sort of that desperate. The storm went... but. Having said all that, Storm got their 15th straight win in a row and the Cowboys really made them work for it, as you said before. And, yeah, you've got, you got to give a shout-out to Jake Granville playing out of position. He was outstanding filling in a role, doing the job for the Cowboys. He's been named there again this week. So, yeah, well done. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the, we were the first game on Saturday. The game after us on Saturday, and we've already discussed that, 60 to 22. Yeah, that's enough of that. No more of that. Um, the game after that was uh, Manly 44 versus Tigers 24. Now, um, the, the telecast started with a lot of class from the Tigers. I don't know if anyone uh, watched the Fox League telecast, but the, they showed a truly special team announcement um, done by the Tigers. It was all their families in lockdown, like their wives, their partners, their kids, um, announcing their husbands, partner, father, uh, which I'm sure they would have played that for the boys. And um, it's just a really... Uh, Touching thing, it. and I, I, that's awesome. Yeah. Makes sense. Like, I mean, Carl's a, a Tigers fan, and um, I've always had a soft spot for the Tigers. But si- since I watched that uh, first week of the documentary, the behind the scenes in Tiger Town, mm. and then seeing something like that, I, I've just got a, a massive 
a lot more respect for the Tigers as an organisation um, off the field, or, or stuff like that, the inclusivity and, and stuff that they're doing. Um, so, yeah, so it was a great start to the telecast. Um, yeah, Manly at full strength for the first time in a few weeks, looking to send a warning to those teams that were ahead of them on the ladder. I felt the Tigers did well early on to nullify Tommy Turbo's influence in the game. They 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 took him out of the game early, but Tommy Turbo being Tommy Turbo, you you've you've got to be on him for eighty. If you give him one sniff, then he's he's back into the game. And and unfortunately for the Tigers, that's what hap- what happened. Um, Manly's kicking game from DCE was on point again and helped them build pressure at key points in the game. I thought. The Tigers did show some, uh, show some fight and tenacity, though, to stay in the contest, um, you know, not allowing the dangerous back three to gain any advantage and sort of become uh, a bit of an arm wrestle um, in that mid-stage there of the first half. Both teams, uh, you know, after both teams had scored points, and Manly did get two tries late in the second half to lead by 10 at halftime, and then two tries after halftime um, gives the complete control of the game. That was the crucial period, crucial 20-minute period, either side of the break. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was because the Tigers were up uh, 14 12, I think it was. Um, and mm. then Manly scored those two tries and, and we're out to like 24 14 or something to that um, to that effect. But um, yeah, mate, for me, the Tigers fought hard to stay in the contest. I was particularly impressed with Adam Dewey, um, who I thought was the Tigers' best. And, and him back at sixth for the Tigers make the Tigers look like a, a much better outfit. Um, congrats to Big Kenny, who scored a double uh, yep. for the Tigers. I think uh, I think they might have been his first tries in Tigers colours. Uh, yeah, they were. Yeah, was, they were, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was Manly with another dominant performance on the back of the superstar, Tommy Turbo. Uh, he ran for 305 metres. Uh, he got one try, two try assists, nine tackle breaks, two line breaks. <clears throat> and when you consider the Tigers had him quiet for 25 minutes, um, the you know the remaining fifty five minutes is just outstanding. So and you <laughs> some silverware, silverware up for grabs or something. Yeah. Know. Um, Mark Roberts is mentioning um, uh, Morgan Harper. He's doing. He's playing great. Uh, the Pornhub star. Um, people reckon he looks. People reckon he looks like Lionel Richie, but I just reckon he looks like you know. Um, if anyone's seen The Hangover. Uh, there's a guy in the lift that goes down on, was going down on a chick in the lift and the lift doors open. He stands up. He's got the curly hair and the, the moustache. That is Morgan Harper. He's, he's, he's a porn star. He looks he looks a bit like uh, Vince Vaughn's character in Starsky and Hutch. Remember, he's like, this this perm costs money. Everything costs yeah. money. <laughs> That's what he reminds me of. Something, something super retro porno like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the game, the game afterwards was was another good, pretty good game actually. Um, at first glance, you'd think it would be a bit of a walkover. But Penrith eighteen over the Broncos twelve. Um, yep. A very competitive Broncos side. James Fisher Harris played his last game before going on mater- uh, paternity leave, should we say, um, out of the NRL bubble to for the birth of his uh, his child. Yep. And it was another great game where the, it was another game where the heavyweights just came out and looked flat, and it took a long time for them to get on the board. Isaiah Yo was knocked senseless, an ugly high shot from Thomas Flegler early in the match. And after that, his, his, he was missed. His presence was missed on the field noticeably. Um, yeah. And surprising to see that the Panthers take the early shot at goal rather than keeping the pressure on a 12-man Broncos at that point too, which maybe suggested that they were not quite feeling themselves. 
Yeah, I, I question that decision too. Like, I, I mean, I've, I've seen the Panthers take early shots at penalty goal when they get penalties uh, inside opposition halves in other games, but never when they are uh, have a 13 on 12 advantage. Um, and I, I just the thought, Broncos. Yeah. yeah, I just thought that it would have been a great opportunity for him to keep the pressure on and put some points on. But um, yeah, that to me showed that maybe their heads weren't in that game uh, like they should be. I don't know if they have one eye on the prize of the game following with it because they've got Melbourne coming up this week. Um, but Brisbane showed some real fight uh, with a player in the bin. Uh, they put pressure on the Panthers, uh, keeping the Panthers scoreless in that, that time period, uh, which would have been a massive confidence builder for them um, because uh, you consider how the Panthers, Panthers have been blowing all comers off the park recently. So, um, But you're right. Yeah, I think Penrith really missed uh, Isaiah Yo when he went off the field. And um, they missed the cyborg, uh, Nathan Cleary. Nickname alert. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and fun times Appy. Um, fun times Appy Carousel, yeah. Uh, this used to be a fun house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I think, and their, their attack really did look out of sync and failing, failed to fire, really. Yeah, Brisbane with some uncharacteristically resilient defence for this season um, to prevent the Panthers from scoring the entire half. Dylan Edwards' important two-point field goal on stroke of half-time. Um, the earlier penalty goal in front was the only other scoring point, so 4-0, a penalty goal and a 40-metre field goal. Um, I can't compliment Brisbane enough, though, on their attitude and application, particularly in defence in that first 40, so um, credit where credit's due. And maintaining it yeah. for 80 minutes was, was always going to be the big test um, for them. That's right, mate. That's right. A way to possession after half-time to the Panthers. Um, they got... Uh, I got the sense that the Broncos would crack. Uh, once Toto scored that first try, I kind of got the feeling that the the Panthers had scored some tries in bunches now, um, and they did. Stephen Crichton put shit stains over in the corner with a freakish flick pass, and then um, that loose pass from Luai finds the ground. Corey Oates failed to pick it up cleanly, uh, plays right in the hands of the Panthers, and, and Crichton picks it up and scores the Panthers' third try. So... Um, Brisbane did get a rare opportunity to score and Brody Croft threw a forward pass to Reese Kennedy where if he had held the ball, he would have fallen over the line to score. And yeah. I think that just sums up Brody Croft's lack headspace of at the moment. He's, just clear he's lack just, of confidence. He's just a Second half, guessing. Yeah, he's, yeah. Yep, he's down on confidence. Um, he's, he's trying to do his best to find some form, but um, just some of his choices are just off. Um, so, yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, Broncos' efforts are rewarded with a try to Kobe Hetherington of a Reese Kennedy late offload and then continuing to play with intensity and up-tempo using second phase up the middle from their big big men offloading. The Faith is rewarded with a try to Ethan Bullimore under the post. He's a big unit, that guy. Um, Broncos threw everything at the Panthers for the second week in a row. The better team against the Panthers lost. Um, yeah. And... Penrith with a massive 66 missed tackles and the most this season by any team allowed the Broncos to stay in the game. But that's telling. The 66 missed tackles didn't end up costing them. Um, mate, I'm just adding a new nickname to the nickname list uh, as suggested by Mark Roberts. Okay. Corey Rolled Oats. Corey Rolled Oats, yeah. We'll pay that, Mark. Yep. Nickname yep. alert. Yep. I've, just, I've just added that to the list of nicknames, um, <laughs> which out. is growing. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, mate. Um, for me, Penrith, like Melbourne, uh, look to be fatiguing at the business end of the season. Um, this week's game between the Storm and Panthers will be interesting to see exactly where both teams are at. But in saying that, uh, and we'll get to when we do the team list, but the Panthers, a lot of outs this week, a few additional injuries and uh, suspensions and so forth. Uh, and Melbourne look like they're at full strength. So it uh, could be a, a walk in the park for Melbourne and not a real indication of what will happen in the finals. That's it, exactly. Um, Probably not what's deserving of a game of that magnitude this late in the season, but it is what it is. Yeah. And um, you can yeah. only play who's in front of you if you're Melbourne and Penrith. I mean, they've, they've still got a fair side, as we'll touch on later on. Yeah, Payne Haas, mate, um, absolutely massive in a beaten side. 213 metres, 14 tackle breaks, 43 tackles. Um, the guy is just a machine. And, and to think Huge as a front rower, he's at the top end of the echelon of front rowers, and he's still only 20 years old. And they say front rowers don't mature and develop into their, you know, full uh, prowess until they're like mid to late 20s. So scary to think how this guy's going to be in a couple of years. Another decade of dominance from Big Pain, yeah. I think. Um, yes, indeed. Moving on to Sunday, we had the Titans 32 over the Dragons 10. The Dragons going through their second week of rolling suspensions and subbing in and out and the fallout from the now infamous weekend at Vaughanese. Um, yep. The Titans missing their hard-working halfback, Jamal, Jamal Fogarty, through injury, giving young Toby Sexton his NRL debut. There's <laughs> a nickname in there for sure. I saw his mates in the crowd had Sexy on their shirt, so I'm yeah. sure his nickname's Sexy. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have a name like Sexton without having an awesome nickname. There. No. <laughs> yeah, uh, early, on, early points for both teams. Jared Wallace for the Titans and then the, the – the experience of the Dragons' big name players, Dufty Bedbug DeBellin, and with the Bedbugs bite DeBellin and Hunt combine to post the Dragons' first points of the game. Bedbugs. Yeah, yeah, Bedbugs. The first half was a true arm wrestle. Uh, neither team getting any real dominance or momentum shifts until uh, the Enigma himself, David Fafita, decided to get involved, scoring a, uh, in the corner, running at the smaller men on an edge um, where he should be. Uh, he's held up early in the second half, but then provides a pass for big Greg Marzu to score. Uh, the Dragons did try to match the physicality of the Titans, but the Titans' big men uh, really just punching holes in that Dragons' defence up the middle. Uh, Jared, Jared Wallace scored an extremely rare front rowers double uh, on the back of some sustained attacking pressure, and um, and Toby Sexy Sexton gets his uh, first NRL try on the back of the momentum shift to the, to the Titans. So, yeah, yeah, it was a very sexy try, that one. Um, Dragons, although sitting seventh on the ladder, were totally outclassed and outmuscled by a determined Titans team that made their intentions known from the outset. It's the first time the Titans have beaten a top eight team all season. So there you go. And the win puts the Titans yeah. on 16 points and only two points behind the seventh place Sharks and the eighth place Dragons and ninth place Raiders, uh, all on 18. And that race, the final two spots of the top eight heats up. Yeah, I. I truly believe everyone's fighting for one spot. I think the Raiders have one spot tied up there. They seem to be the, the team that's in the best form of those sides fighting for the eight. Um, so I, I think the Raiders will make it. And I can see the Dragons and, and the Sharks both dropping out. Uh, we'll get to the table in a minute. Um, Especially with Sean Johnson out. Yeah. 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 Uh, the final game of the round was the Sharks 44 versus the Bulldogs 24. Um Final game of the round, crucial game for the Sharks. Uh, they needed to win this to stay in top eight contention. Excuse me. Bulldogs were coming off 
the back of some really good form and looking to make a mark in the in the back end of the season, especially after Gus Gould's ultimatum during the week of, okay, I'm wiping the slate clean of everything that's happened so far this season. And these last seven weeks, <clears throat> you guys, you're, you're playing for a roster spot for next season. So um, he's put all the onus notice. back on the players. Yep, you're all on notice. Um, the Sharks went close in their first set uh, with um, Sione Katoa out uh, with his outstanding acrobatics, nearly getting the ball down in the corner for a try. Um, the Bulldogs did defend well against the Sharks side, building pressure through repeat sets. Uh, but the weight of possession is too much, and um, Sean Johnson finds Sione Katoa uh, with a great face ball for a try in the corner. Uh, the Sharks continue their relentless pressure, and uh, your mate, pre-Jack Mulatalo, uh, scored in the opposite corner, followed by his customary over-the-top uh, premiership-winning try celebration, uh, you know, premiership-winning celebrations. Yeah. Every try is a premiership for pre-Jack, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Bulldogs did get a shift in momentum, though, when they find themselves camped on the Sharks' line. They had three consecutive sets. Luke Thompson, who had a great game, um, scores from yeah, the crash did. play. He's, he's, um, he's in great form. Despite the try there, there are concerns for the Dogs with their young halves that are like, really not controlling the game, the Sharks' red zone, and, and not playing with enough patience. Um, and, it, no. and a dropped ball on the kick return from Dylan Napa, and a sin binning of Luke Thompson for a late hit, and the Sharks with all the momentum in their favour. The Sharks take advantage of 13 on 12 and score tries to, uh, again, to Sione Katoa, Bubba Kennedy, and Conrad Hurrell's twin, Sio Sofia Talakai, it's like a 36 lead at halftime. Have you seen him and Connie Harrell in the same room together? Has anyone seen them in the same no. room together? Nah, no. I'm going to say they're the same. They're the same no. bloke. There's, play the same. There's no way. room big enough to fit them. Yeah, uh-huh. I was going to say they, they play no exactly the same, enough. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, a cruel blow five minutes before halftime sees uh, our newest signing, Sean Johnson, pull up with what looks like a hamstring injury and uh, ruled him out of the remainder of the contest. And we've since been told that he's going to spend the next eight weeks on the sideline. So <clears throat> that's him done and dusted in a Sharks jersey, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bulldog with, Bulldogs with tries to Nick Meaney and Dylan Napa after the break fight their way back into the contest. Um, the Sharks withstood some gro- some more pressure from the Bulldogs, but a poor kick gives the Sharks a seven-tackle set and Wish Drogo uh, scores on the <laughs> back of a good set. <laughs> Connor Tracy scores the final try of the game to take the Sharks out past 40 points and keep them in that seventh on the ladder. Um, as you said earlier, mate, Luke Thompson in a beaten side, a mammoth effort. Uh, and the Bulldogs with games against the Titans, Tigers, Warriors, Knights, Broncos and Tigers again are still capable of avoiding the wooden spoon, I think. They, they have a real shot of, of dodging the old spoon, doing, doing the old yeah. Matrix play. Um, mate, I'll, I'll share the ladder with you if you want to throw that up sure. for everyone to Let's have a look, have a look. Um, because we can, you know. <laughs> because we can do this stuff. Because now, we can do, we can do these things. Yep. And afterwards, everyone's favourite segment coming up. Yeah. So there you have it. The Storm uh, leading the comp on thirty-four with the Panthers. Storm ahead on four and against with a massive four hundred and thirty-eight uh, plus points differential. Uh, Rabbitohs in third. Eels. Roosters and Seagulls, and I think those six teams are all safe for semi-final football. Then you've got the Chasm, uh, another, what is it, six points to the Sharks in seventh on 18, Dragons 18, Raiders on 18 on four and against, uh, just out of the eight. 
Titans 16, Knights 16, Tigers 14, Cowboys 14, us on 12, Broncos on 10, and the Bulldogs on 6. Now, as I said before, I'm going to make a bold prediction. Um, I think the Raiders are, are specials to finish in that top eight, yes. uh, taking up seventh or eight. And my money, based on whose uh, various teams runs home, is I think the Tigers will be the team that slip it, that find their way into the eight. Um, Tigers, yeah, mate. They've got some winnable games coming up. Uh, as I said, they've got they've got they play the Bulldogs twice. They play us. Um, I think they've got the Broncos. I don't think they've got anyone in the top. Have you got anyone in the top eight, Carl? Uh, South, yeah. Uh, South, 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 comments from the supercoach. So, yeah. <laughs> comments from the supercoach. The- <laughs> yeah, so um, I, I, I'm on the Tigers to make a, r- a run for the for the eight, um, and I, I think they can do it. So, yeah, I, I definitely see the Raiders in there. Um, I think I think it'll be that for the me. Titans another one. Titans between the Titans and the Sharks. The Sharks can win without Sean Johnson. Um, then I think they're they're a real strong chance to hold their spot. I just don't know because they were struggling before he came back from injury this year, and he was kind of the catalyst for their turn in form. So, well, well, that's the thing. In that the Sharks backroom director, uh, the Sharks and the yeah, the Sharks and the Dragons are they're in the the box seat at the moment. So it's their spot in the eight to lose. There's to lose. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think at the end of this week, uh, and I can't think off the top of my head who's playing who. Um, but I think regardless of who's playing who, I think I tipped, um, I think I tipped the, against the Sharks anyway, and I've definitely yeah. tipped against the Ra- Dragons and I've tipped the Raiders. So I think the Raiders will be in seventh at the end of this weekend. Yep. <clears throat> I'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. All right. It's time for everyone's favorite right. segment. Let's have a look. What do we got here? It's time for the set of six. When come, in, warning, incoming rants. We need in, some. Um, we do need some production music. I think. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get onto that. Mark Roberts, Mark Roberts says, "Is one painting uh, tainting your thinking because of lockdown hammer? You've been spending too much time together that he's tainting it because I'm because I'm on the Tigers. Nah, mate, I I know my footy. <laughs> I am on medication. That's true. <laughs> yeah. How about this comment? COVID shots. Amazing you set up, boys. Yeah. That came through as oh, Ruin Hammer you. on mine. Sounds like my biggest fan. <laughs> Probably is. <laughs> um, All right. As we said, it is time for a set of six, set of rants, whatever you want to call it. You have been warned. Here comes the ranting. We're going to kick it off this yep. week with the million dollar men in the game. Has there ever been a season or a period of the game where we've seen so many players on such big coin? And so much controversy. Let's go through it. So number one on the list, DCE on 1.2 million, followed by Ben Hunt, 1.1 million, James Tedesco, 1.1 million, Tommy Turbo, 1.1, David Fafita, 1.1, Sean Johnson on 1 million, Cam Munster and Caelan Ponga also on a million, RTS on a million, Ash Taylor, 960. Moses Mbay, 950, Talmalolo, 950. The Cyborg, Cleary, 940. The Milf, 940. Mitchell Moses, 920. Josh Dujan, Luke Brooks, the Ghost. Andrew Fafita and the Speed Demon, Matty Moylan and Corey Goodtimes, Norman, 850. 
Are clubs getting value for the buck, bang for buck, from all these elite superstars? And, and out of that list, how many would you say are genuine superstars of our game and worthy of that much coin? I reckon about maybe the, maybe half of that list. The, the Sean Johnson $1 million one for me was a surprise when I researched yeah. um, the player payments. And I'm thinking, because when he left us and he signed with the Sharks, I'm sure that they bandied around seven fifty as his as his price. I don't know if to get under the salary cap, he was only given 500 in his first season and the other extra 250 has gone on to his contract this season. Um, that's the only way I can see it is it'd be a, a back-ended season. Yeah, I, Lodge wasn't on this list. So this is, uh, I think, at the beginning of the year. Um, but on, looking at that list, a million dollars is a lot of money. Uh now, if you if you rank Tom Trebojevic as worth the the one point one million that he's getting, and you, you base everything off that, then no, the 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 rest of the guys on that list don't come close to uh, value for money for what you're getting, what you're paying for your superstars. Um, ben Hunt especially has done, you know, I mean, he do, he does a, a a few good things every now and then, but he he's not. Like if you're on $1.1 million a season, you want to be the, the main man in that team uh, doing everything. Um, he doesn't have and the class not... and consistency of the most a lot of the other guys on that list that were the, like your Tommy T's and your Tedesco's. No. I would even say he doesn't have the consistency of DCE, to be honest. No, um, and that's my thing. My my uh, Looking at that list of the top 15 that, you've, that we've listed there, uh, Trevojevic at 1.1 and Nathan Cleary at 940 are probably the only two in that list that is worth the money that they're getting paid. Mm. Um, Fafita doesn't do enough to be a $1.1 million player. And, and nothing against the players for taking this coin because if someone offered me $1.1 million to sit here and do Ruin Hammer, I'd yeah. take it. And, and any offers? The same. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, um, <laughs> the, the interesting one with the Sharks is you've got Sean Johnson on a million, and then you've got Dugan, Fafita, and Moylan all on 850. So you've got four guys taking up a considerable chunk of their, like nearly $4 million or $3.5 million of their salary cap. Um, yeah, Corey Norman on 850. You can understand why the the, um, the Dragons have said, look for another club. Um, Luke Brooks on 850. You can probably understand why the Tigers are trying to shop him around. Uh, Moses and by 950, we know that uh, the Bulldogs are. Is it the Bulldogs that are paying part of that salary, Carl? Still, yeah. still but, paying. Yeah, but but the I think the Tigers are paying 800 of it. The Bulldogs are only paying 150 of that. Mm. So um, yeah, it's for me. It's uh, it's you're not getting value for money. Um, not for what these guys are doing on the field, except for probably Trebojevic and. Tedesco, um, hmm. Mike Doreen, Mike Doreen was on. Um, he was on uh, a, a match payments, a case of beer, and um, and, some and, and a bit of and a, and a case of Jiprock, <laughs> bucket of Jiprock. <laughs> well, Ciala's commenting. Ciala says, "Hey, Hammer, I love that reply you made to that goose who made that post on New Zealand Warriors till I die for him. How did we ever let go of Brandon Smith?" <laughs> Yeah, I know they're out there, yeah, mate. Yeah, there. mate. There's some there's some weird stuff out there on social media. Yeah, yeah. like I, I did not know he was ever at our club. I um, I love those banners that we can get up there now, mate. 
How good are they? That's awesome. Yeah. We can, we can thank um, the editor for that. Yeah, we can. Um, yeah, mate. So what about your thoughts? What do you think of that list? Uh, yeah, I'd have to agree. Uh, Tommy T, well-deserving. Uh, yeah, the top two, DCE and Ben Hunt, I, I wouldn't be giving that much coin to. Guys like... Uh, it's got to be your number one man in the team. So you look through there, the guy who consistently performs, it's Dragojevic, you're the cyborg. Um, Tal Malolo, I could make a case for him getting that much. Um, hasn't been as consistent as he has been, but um, but certainly not guys like uh, Milford and the Sharks guys that you mentioned, and Corey Norman. And I mean, I mean, who, whoever offered this money was just you know, panic buying. Well, guys like Milford and Ash Taylor and that are really going to have to change their Ash living Taylor, conditions yep. because they're not going to be on that coin and their contract is going to be considerably less than what they're earning now. So their standard of living will have to change. They'll have to get used to um, using uh, something else. Are you boys using StreamYard? No. No. We aren't. Um, no, we're not. Um, my... First rant is going to be about the Rugby League World Cup, mate, uh, the 2021 Rugby League World Cup. Now, Australia and New Zealand, in my opinion, have made the sensible call to pull out of the upcoming World Cup. Um, there is way too much uncertainty surrounding the COVID pandemic worldwide. Uh, and we're a little bit different over here than how they're doing things in Europe. So Europe have had um, the vaccine available to them for some time now, and it's been made available to everyone. And they're at a point in their existence now where it's like, you've had enough time to get vaccinated. Uh, we're not going to be in lockdown anymore. If you get it, it's on, you know, if, you, if you've if chosen not to get the vaccine and you get sick, that's on you now. It's not on us. You, you've had the you've whereas, had ample opportunity. Yep. Yeah. Whereas in Australia, we haven't had the massive rollout of the vaccine like they have over there. It hasn't been available to everyone. And as, as such, uh, that's why we're going through these lockdowns. So it's a different landscape of how COVID is operating. Um, so I can understand why the English organisers are up in arms saying, oh, you know, why are the Aussies and the Kiwis pulling out? Well, it's because our players are not going to be protected when they go to England and, and participate in the World Cup. Um, now, it's divided our country at present in an environment where we have some sort of control refusing to travel overseas. Um, and and um, is it the correct decision for a player safety and player welfare? I think it is. Um, the uh, the Australian Rugby League, the New Zealand Rugby League, are just trying to um, uh, protect their their products. Um, if the tournament still goes ahead, uh, personally, I'm hoping the NRL refuse um, their contracted players to represent the other rugby league nations also, like the second-tier nations. And the reason I say that is because the rugby, the NRL has to protect its product. Mm. And... Um, I listened to a podcast today and a guy on that podcast made some very valid points surrounding this that say we, and, you know, uh, you know, uh, I was, he, he was mentioning that there was 14 guys from the warriors that could go and represent other countries. So those 14 guys go over to um, England. They play in the world cup for Fiji, Cook Island, Samoa, New, New A, um, mm. Tonga, uh, you know, Ireland, whoever it is that they can represent. Uh, and they did, and they get the COVID, and they and they come back, and then that kind of spreads again within the Warriors community, or worse, the whole New Zealand community, or the Australian community, whatever it is. And then 
you start the season with guys that haven't done a preseason and they're and they're sick and it you you're not 100 percent at the start of your season um for me personally as a warrior supporter that'd piss me off so um i i think that the australian and new zealand rugby league have made a wise decision the nrl have come out and said they're not going to stop anyone from going but they're not going to endorse anyone from going either so it's basically you're on your own if you choose to go and there is some players that have come out and said that they will go. Tom Alolo came out the other day and said he will go and play for Tonga. Um, there's other people that have come out and said um, that um, they're not going to go. Like Jazz said last night to us that he probably wouldn't yep. go. Um, a tournament without Australia and New Zealand, though, is it a World Cup? Uh, and and would it be laughable? Like, would it be a, a hollow victory to anyone who won? And if, it, if anyone who won was in England... Um, would they be the laughing stock of the rugby league world, considering they're theoretically the only other tier one nation in the world? Um, Plenty the, of pressure the on of, them, then, isn't there? If, oh, if absolutely. Australia and New Zealand, Look, they don't win. I, I can understand why they want people to go because they've put uh, like fifty million dollars or something into this yeah, tournament. They can't postpone it because they've got the soccer World Cup there next year. Um, so the event organisers have, have labelled the Aussies and the Kiwis as selfish and they've called for future bans to be placed on them in future tournaments. Um, Fine, but it's probably not a World Cup if they're not there. <laughs> That's right. And then you've, got, then you've even got the English Super League. Like, even though you've got this COVID um, community now uh, with the herd mentality operating over in, in England because they've had ample time to get vaccinated, the English Super League has still had to cancel 17 games of footy this season due to COVID because players have come down with COVID and have been able, unable to field sides. So um, I think if they're fair dinkum, it's got to be postponed. Um, oh, how they get compensated for that, I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, it's got to be postponed. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I to push it back but, back. but who knows back what's going to happen back. in 2023. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, uh, common sense has to prevail here. Like, you can't really – if you go ahead with it and England wins and they call themselves the world champions, I mean, technically they are. It's got a massive asterisk next to it. Um, I, I agree with the points from, from that podcast. The saying we – imagine that if we have, you know, 14, 15 of our squad turn up and puts us behind the eight ball again for another disrupted start to the season. Selfishly, from a Warriors point of view, I mean, I really don't want that to happen. So – no. Yeah, I just hope common no, sense absolutely. can prevail here. We hope so. Yeah, let's let's talk about the affairs of Appy. Fresh from the fallout Fun of the times. weekend at Vaughnie. <laughs> Fun times, yeah. Fresh <laughs> from the fallout of the weekend at Vaughnie's and the sequel Poison Arrow, <laughs> we now have the new episode <laughs> in the ridiculous trilogy, Appy's Affair. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, how stupid are these blokes? Talk about absolute self-entitlement. I, oh, I just can't. I just can't get my head around it. While many of us are in lockdown and prevented from working, seeing family, loved ones, this absolute moron, after seeing the fallout from Paul Vaughan and Jai Arrow and Origin Camp, decides to bring a woman into New South Wales camp not once but twice. The kicker here was again, it wasn't his wife. It wasn't his wife. No. So I, I, I can't believe. I just cannot believe how stupid and self-entitled some of these players can be. Like absolute selfishness. 
The Warriors and the Storm have effectively been living in bubbles for two seasons. No breaches, no issues from either side. And then some of these guys struggle to, to last for a week. And the yep. NRL issued basic COVID breach penalty of 35K fine and two-game suspension, mate. Absolute stupidity. That's just ridiculous, mate. Um, considering, you know, what had been going on in the weeks prior uh, and then to do it with some random chick that he met on um, Instagram who messaged him on Instagram. That Is that what it was? She slid into his DMs. and she slid into his DMs on Instagram and then he invites her into the thing and then he saw her twice and then it was after Jairo got caught, he cancelled. He was having her there for a third time. It got cancelled. And then the chick then messaged Appy's wife and told her what was going on. So um, far out. Yeah, I know. Fun times, Appy. Not so fun times at home now. I think it's uh, no, no. I think yeah, I think yeah. He's the biggest uh, punishment is yeah, still to come. Ah, oh, okay. Sorry, mate. Um, uh, Cleo's just sent me a private message saying that the the comments from Facebook and YouTube show up on YouTube. Yes, yes. So there you okay. go. We've got we've got so with the comments from yeah Facebook and YouTube also show up on the chat here as well. But she's do the Facebook comments show up on YouTube? Um, that's what Cleo's saying to me. So I can okay. Monitor. The conversation better from YouTube rather than watching the Facebook live. But anyway, I'll, I'll start. Yeah, Facebook. I'm just I'm having a look. Yeah. Um, yeah, just a bit weird. Um, the whole happy thing. Um, the next one, my rant, my big rant for the weekend, uh, for the week is the the bunker blunders. Um, <laughs> mate, where do I start? Henry Perinara's performance as the bunker official <laughs> over the weekend was absolutely abysmal. Now. This struggled to see things uh, live on field in front of his face, and um, and I can kind of cut him a bit of slack with some of the uh, decisions he missed because he obviously doesn't have good eyesight. But when he's got when he's got comp uh, screens in front of him and he's able to replay and play and replay and play and look for the things that he should be looking for, and he still misses them. What the fuck is up with this guy? Um, to not only miss the to not only miss it, Dylan Brown being a meter offside, but he actually called all players onside when he was like adjudicating on on the Mike Acevo try. But they um, went back to it. They went back to it, however many times as well. And on Channel Nine, they were just saying, "Surely Dylan Brown's what? offside then." And they said, <laughs> yeah, "Well, it's got to be." They said, "Well, it's got to be." That's the end of it. Dylan Brown's offside. Dylan Brown's offside, <laughs> mate. He was awful. He followed that up on Saturday with two very bizarre obstruction plays uh, in the Cowboys game, the Cowboys-Storm game. The first against the Cowboys and the second against the Storm, um, which were just as baffling. I think the first one he called, uh, it was a, a – they were both in um, ob obstruction, but at no point was anyone really obstructed. It was like it was just – common sense says the play goes on and um, both teams would have scored a try. Um, to add insult to injury, Matt Checkin's on-field display in our game was awful. Um, uh, he missed a lot of on-field uh, discrepancies and forward passes. Um, there was there was a oh, sorry that was in that same game. Sorry, not our game. Um, and then on two occasions, 
uh, Perinara was unable to adjudicate on the captain's challenge uh, when the vision was pretty self-explanatory. Like, I, I think they were both on one-on-one strips and he couldn't make a decision on what was going on on the screen. It's... Um, at, uh, is is he scared stage, to make a big call or what is it? I, I, I just don't get it. At this stage of the season, um, we shouldn't be talking about the inconsistencies of the refereeing and bunker decisions. It needs to be better. Um, teams are winning and losing games, close games, on really, really poor decisions. Um, you know, and, and sometimes there's been decisions made which has affected the game so bad that it's caused a blowout in a score because one team's got such a massive momentum shift from a, a poor uh, refereeing decision. Um, <laughs> Hammer really throwing the tomatoes at Henry Marinara. <laughs> <laughs> Oh fuck yeah, yeah, mate. No, it just it just shits me the level of inconsistency that we see, uh, for, for not just from uh, week to week, but from game to game on the same weekend, and then incredibly in the same game where two exa- identical plays are ruled completely different by the same set of eyes. I, I just I, I just can't understand it. And I know, as I said, I know it's hard in the heat of the moment to get everything right which is why we have the bunker. But when the bunker's fucking up those same decisions, when they're able to replay and look at the play uh, uh, on, on so many occasions and multiple screen angles to get the right get the decision right, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. It, it, I just cannot... It's unfathomable how they can sit there and watch it and see what we're all seeing at home and still get it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Roberts, hope he doesn't watch this. His poor heart might not be able to take it. He'll have to retire from the bunker too. No, nah, he's on he's on easy street there. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, old uh, spectacles, Perinara. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the next point. I want to talk about the bottom heavy incompetence. So with the top six, as we said before, basically sorted. There might there's some very there's going to be some very average teams with losing records that are going to qualify for the finals this year. So we said basically top six. So whoever sneaks into seventh and eighth could very well have losing records. It's far cry if we cast our minds back to 2018 when we finished in eighth spot, but we were only two points out of first place. We're two points off the minor premiership, and because of for and against, we finished eighth. Yep. Is, you've got to ask, is the salary cap doing its job? And, and what else would we put it down to? Just the absolute golf chasm as we said between the top six and and the rest um that's a a very 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 good point um yeah you look at the injuries injuries have a lot to do with it but then in saying that look at the roosters the roosters have had they're still in the mix um, and they're going to regardless yeah they've had a, a a wretched run of injuries have had three Players had to retire this season, mid-season. Um, uh, every team has their injuries. So, obviously, yeah, it comes down to your roster um, and the depth of your roster. We've been so unfortunate to have uh, so many injuries and at, at um, similar time this year and not have the depth that we probably initially thought we did have when we were looking at the roster yep. saying, oh, this is good, this guy's good, this guy's good, this guy's good. We were looking at depth, say, for instance, in our centres, where we looked at, um, we had Petahiku, we had Ewan Aitken, uh, we'd bought Marcelo Montoya, 
we've got Adam Pompey and Rocco Berry. Now, when you break it down, uh, Hiku's experience, he's been in the NRL for quite a few years. Ewan Aitken's been around, you know, he's played 100 and something yeah. games. Um, Marcelo Montoya spent most of his career on the wing. And then you've got Pompey, who's played like 20 games, and Rocco Berry, who made his debut this year. Yeah. So, and now, you know, so so the depth that the, that we were talking about isn't as strong, say, in our centre position as what we first thought it was. But, yeah. um, and we were tested, it was tested immediately. Like we lost Aitken absolutely. first round, Hiku, like the week yep. after. Yep. So it just um, happens. So bringing a guy like bringing a guy like Ed Cozy, uh, Bambi, into the <laughs> into the squad um, for, as a development player, and we've had to play him in five on five occasions this year. It just shows how the the lack of depth we've got on the wings at the moment because of um, injuries, and you know we let um, Ken go. We, we don't have Fuss now um, as well due to injury, um, and then we've got our our forward stocks where. Um, yeah, exactly. They currently have 1,160 or so games sitting on the sideline um, due to injury or, or suspensions. So that's got a lot to do with our roster, but every team's gone through the same kind of thing with injuries. This year's been unprecedented with injuries. You look at the bottom four teams, um, Bulldogs, Broncos, Warriors, Cowboys. They're the bottom four teams on the table at the moment. There are also four rookie coaches. Um, you know, three of them in their first year in first or well brownie's been there before but again he was in a, a system that was he was building from the ground up at newcastle um um you know trent barrett had what a year and a half at manly and he really didn't have a, ro a good roster there either uh Kevy's at the broncos he's coming as a rookie coach um todd payton's a rookie coach uh and then just sitting above him you've uh, you got the tigers who have got madge who are going through a rebuild then you've got the Knights, again, with Adam O'Brien, who's a rookie coach. Um, tenth is Holbrook, who's a rookie coach. But then you look at the other end of the spectrum, and the guys that are, are co coaching those those top six sides, Bellamy, Cleary, uh, Wayne Bennett, Brad Arthur, Trent Robinson, Des Hasler. They have been there for um, a long time, and they've got continuity and cohesion in their squads. Well absolutely. Yeah. Um, they've all, all of them except all of them except um, Ivan has won a premiership as a coach, mm. um, but you know Ivan's been at the big dance as a coach before to, uh, with us and with the Panthers. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of it comes down to I guess to the 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 people that you have around you. Um, I watched an interesting uh, little clip the other day that Craig Bellamy did where he announced his his uh, re-signing to the playing squad at the Melbourne Storm, and it was shared on Fox League. And he addressed his his playing squad, and he said, you know, he signed on for five years, first year definitely as coach, and then whatever happens after that happens. But <clears throat> he went on to praise the four guys that he's got around him as his assistants uh, without naming who they were. But, <clears throat> you know, we know Kearney's one of them, and we've always said Stephen Kearney is a fantastic assistant coach. He may not yeah, be a great head coach, mm. but he's a fantastic assistant coach. And I think it helps when you've got the right people around you too in those yeah, so those organisations. Um, and yeah, I think the salary cap and the way you, you buy your roster definitely um, has something to do with it. Because you, you, you just look at the table to see the, the most successful sides are the sides with the strongest rosters and the most, most depth um, and the most successful coaches. So it's, it's no secret, I guess, that that's the way that the competition pans out. Um, 
bearing in mind when you look at the Panthers, though, the Panthers aren't a side built on big name players. Mm. They're a side built on the continuity of having that um, academy in place. Where they've, yeah, where they've brought cool, their juniors cool through, which, juniors. Is, which is what the Warriors are wanting to implement. Um, so we're hoping so, yeah, Gus was going to get into, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's just my view. And I'm, I'm sorry to take over your... No, nah, that's um, fine, random, mate. I, I, I pretty much... I, I was just, you know, at a loss to what we can really put it down to, but you've answered that perfectly. Well, that they're just my thoughts. They're not the answers. Uh, they're just the thoughts coming out of a, the uh, a lonely man in lockdown during COVID uh, with ex- excessive hair growth on his head and face and really looking to uh, try and remember what the sun looks like. So... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, my final ramp is uh, pretty much on the back of what you're talking about uh, in regards to the dominance of the top six and then the remaining, um, what, what is it, eight, ten teams just really being so inconsistent uh, and incompetent uh, in terms of uh, regular and consistent gameplay on the field. Uh, I think an eight-team final series in a 16-team composi- competition um, is bizarre. And it's it's always been bizarre for me. And we've kept it at eight ever since we had that that one year where we had 20 teams in the comp and they made it an eight-team competition, which I yep. think was 90, 98, was it? Yeah, when we saw the Adelaide then, Rams going around. Yeah. yeah, and then they reduced the comp to uh, 18 and then 16. And as a result of that, we've kept the, the semi-final series at eight teams. So basically half the competition qualifies for the final. It rewards mediocrity and inconsistency. Uh, and we saw last season the Sharks, Sharks literally limping into the uh, eighth spot with a massive negative points differential and not having beaten any of the teams that were placed one to seven uh, during you, that year. You don't deserve to be playing finals if you have that kind of record. You don't deserve to be and playing finals if you've got a negative record. We're going to see it again, uh, a similar example this season. Uh, we're probably just going to see it with two teams, uh, you know, in seventh and eighth, um, not having played c- consistent enough footy to truly warrant being a semi-final team. So, um, personally, I would prefer a top six uh, played over three weeks. So, teams one and two uh, would earn the first week of the finals off. They'd get a rest after the regular season. Um Teams three and four, um, team three plays team six at home. Team four plays team five as a home semi. The winners of those games go on to play team one and two the following week in a grand final qualifier. And then obviously the teams that win the grand final qualifier go on to the grand final. Um, So it's effectively a three-week competition. None of this, um, you know, if you're the highest placed loser, you can still have a second chance. That's just garbage because mm. uh, if you're losing games of footy at the at the business end of the season you don't deserve to be there um however in saying that as brilliant as i think i am um the corporate <laughs> the corporate dollar yeah the corporate dollar um sponsorships uh tv rights deals um demand that the current setup will remain and teams will continue to be satisfied with complacency because um, the NRL won't, won't want to lose an extra week of finals footy, all that sponsorship dollar, all those ticket sales, everything else. Um, I'd, I'd go a throwback. Yeah, sorry, go on. I was going to say, Ciala says, if it happens with the top six finals footy, we'll never win a premiership in this century. That's not true, bro. <clears throat> um, 
because <clears throat> there's still 78 years left in this century. So we've got a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> we might not be around to see it, but yeah. Um, if it takes all yeah. 78, I'll be well into my hundreds, but it'll be worth it. <laughs> what were you going to say? Takes you back to what? It's a throwback to. Oh, I was just going to say, like, let's just take it back to 1994 when we still had the five team final system. It was simple. Everyone knew what they had to do. You had the you had the best yeah, of the yeah. best teams making it, and it yeah, is retro round this still, week. The five teams still re, um, re revolved around one team having being able to lose a game and still make the grand final. And I, I for some reason, that just seems weird to me that you can lose a game of footy and and still have a chance of winning a premiership. It just I don't know. It just yeah, I, Canberra I, 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 did it in '94, didn't they? They lost to Canterbury and then beat Canterbury in the grand final. Yeah, fair point. Mate, we did. We nearly did it in 2011. We lost. Yeah. To, we got smacked by Brisbane. Had yeah, no was, right yeah. to be in that. Yeah, had no right to be in that semi-final race in that grand final race, and we got there. Gerard Beale carved us up that night. <laughs> Tigers did the same thing with the Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pumped him in the first semi, played him in the grand final. That's um, right. It was like a 50-point win in the first round, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's just – that's our set of rants for this week, guys. Um, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, please put your comments in there. Um, as always, we get around to going back and looking at the comments and, and commenting a bit later on, uh, even though we do comment on them in person while we're here on mic. But, um, yeah, we'll – if you put some comments in, we'll we'll definitely respond to those. Yeah. Hey, mate, we haven't stopped yet. Where it's just it's come up on screen, mate. <laughs> I've I've done him a bit of a disservice here. I haven't I haven't given him the full respect he deserves. Let me fix that up. No. Please. Hang on. Let me get the actual cup. I'll put <laughs> it in the front of the camera. <laughs> here we go. It is time for the second leg of the Mike Doreen Cup. Make sure you got one hand on it, buddy, because we do have one hand on it. What are you doing? <laughs> you to, are you going to put a Tigers jersey on? <laughs> just, just come and put one hand on the cup. <laughs> Thanks to our 30-26 to 26 victory over the Tigers, which was actually our last win this season. Um, also, also known as the Reese Walsh Show. Uh, we do have one hand on the Mike Doreen Cup. For those of you who've been living under a rock and don't know who Mike Doreen is, he was actually the pioneer for players playing for the Warriors and the Tigers. He was the very first. He played for the Auckland Warriors. Was it five games? Hang on, hang on. Oh, hang on. We've got a photo of him. <laughs> what a promotional shot what that is. <laughs> to the game. And then, and then we got Mike there in the background plastering the gaps in the wall. <laughs> um, hang on, mate. I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can find a photo of Mike Doreen to share with our our, our viewers here. Yeah, I'll, I'll go through talking. while you while you're doing that. I'll go through the team for the Mike Doreen Cup decider. We've got yep. Reese Walsh at fullback, uh, Dallin Watanese Lesniak, and Hectic Montoya on the wings. Adam Pompey and Ewan Aitken in the centres. Uh, Peter Hiku uh, named a surprise return from injury at 5'8 and captain. Um, and partnering him in the halves is Sean O'Sullivan. We've got young Maney back from Dragons, uh, just starting in the front row with Ben Murdoch-Masilla and great to see Taniela Otokolu getting a starting berth there. 
Alessi Katoa and yeah. Bailey Surinden in the second row. Joshi Curran at lock on the bench. We've got Cody, Bunty, Kane Evans, and Jazz Tavaga. And the extended bench includes Ed Viliami Vela Valia and Pride Predison Rabadi. And number 22 is 2BC, TBC, because we haven't got anyone else. So, are you ready? You ready? I'm ready. For those of you who are not acquainted with Mike Doreen, we're just waiting for confirmation. Oh, did it go? Hang on. Disappeared. We'll keep going. Congratulations yeah, again to Petahiku, named captain on his return and also named in the half. Sean O'Sullivan returning to the team at halfback, as we said, JTB. Back from his shorts, uh, Benny Murdoch Masilla. Um, back from two weeks on the sideline. Katoa named despite being listed as injured after Saturday's game. Um, RTS and Armour both headed back to NZ and not available for the rest of the season. Matty Lodge is suspended. And then we have Egan, Harris, Berry, Fusatua, Chad Townsend. Here we go. There he is. What a mean-looking man. Yep. Here we go. Mike Dorian. Look at that haircut. Look at that flat top. Where is he? He's just a he, he's he just looks like a hard working center, doesn't he? So there you go. This is the man who has the cup named after him. Five games for the Auckland Warriors, I think it was. Five games in nineteen ninety five, and I think he played about yep. ten games for the Sydney Tigers, was it? Ten, we'll have to get that picture put on the card. Ten games though. for the Tigers. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Then went absolutely. on to play for the Hunter Mariners, I think it was. Yep. All right. One, other one, games. Season, I think. Uh, where are we, mate? We're up to review. So we'll look at the other games going ahead this weekend. And we've got Thursday yeah, night I'm, in Mackay. I'm we've got the Roosters up against the Eels. For the Roosters, both Billy Smith, Billy Smith and Matt Al Bundy, Ikevalu, out injured. AK, Adam Kieran, named in the centres. Joey Wonderkind, Manu, shifting from the wing. Shifted to the wing, I should say. Josh Morris returns from his brief stint on the sideline after being dropped. And no changes to the forward pack. And All-American quarterback Fletcher Baker from Omaha, Nebraska, dropped to the extended bench. And for the Eels, Tom Opacic returns in the centres, replacing last week's debutant, the Will Penasini, nickname incoming. Um, Daddy's boy, Daddy's boy, Jake After retains his spot in the halves. No changes to the Parramatta forward pack and the Will Fresh Prince Smith named on the bench. Smell you later, Holmes. There's a go. Yeah. <laughs> Roosters. Uh, I... I'm going to go the Eels here in a close one. Eels 1-12 to 12 for mine. I'm going to go Roosters 1-12. to 12. Um, Yeah, I don't know why. Uh, I just I, – I, I really like the Roosters back row uh, pairing of Satili Tupanua and um, Lord Farquhar <laughs> up against, uh, up against uh, Team Wolf Papali'i and, um, and Ryan Madison. Uh, and let's not forget that they bring 
Parramatta have a great bench rotation where they bring Sean Fisheyes Lane onto the field. Um, <laughs> so, so um, <laughs> yeah, uh, he, he's got eyes like a fish. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I reckon. Form. I reckon he does too. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's why. Um, uh, yeah, so yeah, I, I, I'm going to go Roosters one to twelve. I think. Um, Friday night, Suncorp Stadium, first game. Uh, West Tigers versus the mighty Vodafone Warriors in the uh, deciding match of the inaugural uh, Mike Doreen, Mike Doreen Cup. Cup. Um, Tigers, Junior Porga out injured, replaced by Moses Umbai in the centres. Sean Bloor named in the back row to replace the injured Luke Garner. And Tom Amone and Michael Cheekam named on the interchange bench. Uh, Warriors, no changes to their back five. Petahiku named at six and also named as captain, as you said, mate. Congratulations to yeah, Pet. Uh, Sean O'Sullivan named at halfback. AFB and Matt Lodge out due to injury and suspension, respectively. Um, JTB and BMM named in the front row. Uh, and Taniela Otacolo earns his first starting gig, shifting Jazz back to the interchange bench, which surprisingly was where Jazz preferred to play. He prefers to come off the I bench as an impact that. forward. Yeah, he said yeah. walk off the bench. So interesting. But yeah, well, he's in his preferred yeah. spot. So um, my my mind is telling me Tigers, but my heart is saying Warriors one to twelve. <laughs> Mate, it can't be anything more than a very very comfortable Warriors win by four. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love how everyone's trying to get involved on the nicknames now. Uh, we got Kirch coming up with Will Hitch. <laughs> we started Hitch something here. Yeah, we've got Mark Roberts with Sean Lazy Lane. So keep them coming, guys, because uh, <laughs> Ciala says that um, Mike Doreen reminds him of a Caucasian version of Jake the Muss. <laughs> The ver- oh. Mike Doreen, the Caucasian Jake the Muss. I love that. <laughs> oh, he's he's like a um just trying to just trying to think who uh, he reminds me of a hard working center slash plasterer. I was gonna say like a slightly less built Ivan Drago. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I must plaster you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All um, right, so what are we next week after um, to that we've got the it's a double header at at uh, Suncorp Stadium, and old Kevy is stuck solid with his back line from the halves unchanged for a record three straight weeks. How about that from Kevy? Three weeks, no changes to the halves. Keenan Palacia named to partner Payne Haas in the front row. Um, Danny Levi with a call up on the interchange bench. Origin, we get Xavier Coates well and truly on the outer Red Hill. If you can't make the Broncos team at the moment after Origin, um, and for the Cowboys. Yep. Uh, the superstar number one, Jake Granville, retains retains his spot. And uh, Toddy sticking solid with his starting 13 from last week um, with Benny Hampton coming on the bench um, there. Look, I think on the strength of their form last week, I'm going to go a very close close win for the Broncos here. I think it'll, th- these games are always notoriously close, go down to Golden Point more often than not. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see this one go into extra time, but I think the Broncos will just have enough to get the job done there. Sorry, Todd. Oh, I think so too, mate. I, um, I'm i going to tip the Broncos in a close one, uh, but it wouldn't surprise me to see uh, Tom Dearden and um, Drink Scott Drinkwater yeah. 
really take control of this game and, and get the Cowboys home. But in my tips, I've gone the Broncos, 1-12. to 12. Um, Saturday, the NRL goes to Brown Park in Rockhampton. Any any Rockhampton people here? Yeah, anyone from um, Rockhampton? I've got some friends Dragon, heading up there, yeah. Yeah, with the, for the Dragons versus the Rabbitohs. Um, mass changes for the Dragons. Uh, week three, the rolling suspensions. Uh, Tyrone Sloan at fullback for Matt Dufty, who has been relegated to the ex- extended bench um, in a weird move by, uh, what's his name? Hook? Griffin? Uh, Matt Fiegel, yeah, Matt Fiegel retains his spot on the wing. Also the most exciting with the, coach around. Yeah, he is. Um, he retains his spot on the wing with the uh, guy who won a footballer for a day competition, Cody Ramsey. Uh, Speedy also Gonzalez. The extended bench. <laughs> Bro, he just looks like he's won. He's, he's not a footballer. He just looks like they just pulled him out of the stands and said, look, we're, we're short a player. Me? Can you play? Me? Yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you with the with the ponytail and the speedy Gonzalez tab on your thigh. <laughs> St George with a new centre pairing of Talatau Amone and uh, Corey Goodtimes Norman. Um, Jaden Sullivan retained in the halves. Uh, Poessa Farmasili, Billy Burns, and Tyrell Fui Mayano all named in a in a really uh, different looking starting pack. Uh, Adam Clune and Jaden Hunt named uh, the new inclusions on the interchange bench. Um, for the Rabbits, Campbell Dexter Graham, the serial killer, returns from injury in the centres. Uh, one game warrior Tane Milne drops back to the interchange bench. Uh, Reese Walsh look a lot like Blake Tuff, named on the interchange bench. No other changes to the team that put the 60 on the Warriors last week. I think it'll be another big win for the Rabbits, and I'm picking them 13 plus. Mate, I reckon they'll bring up another half. Yeah, easy. Easy. Century as well. Um, the Rabbitohs. They have the Knights up against the Raiders. Uh, Bradman Best returns from a long injury layoff named in the centres. And Ari Tuala moves from the wing. And Dominic Predator. Uh, it wasn't, wasn't quite how I imagined it, but anyway. Uh, Young dropped from the squad. <laughs> Connor Watson named at 13. Mitch Pierce and Sextoy, uh, both named on the extended bench, could, could get... Uh, Bit of use to sex toy. Um, Raiders. Is he playing with a sex toy? <laughs> is, is there a dog involved somewhere? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, there's got to be. Uh, Jordan oh. Ruppiner keeps his hands on the number one jersey. Harley Smith Shields, there's a name, uh, retains his spot on the wing. Jack Whiten returns from injury uh, with Matt Frawley dropping back to the extended bench. Josh Papali'i back into the starting team. And Elliot Whitehead returning from injury. No changes to the bench of Starling, Tomoko, Soliola, and Tapani. Um, yeah, I think the Raiders will get the job done here. They're they're coming into a, a sort of a pretty good patch at the right time of the year for them. So Millie, I'm tipping you boys. I think it'll be a close one though, one to twelve. Yeah, no, I, I'm I disagree a hundred percent, mate. I, I, not on the Raiders. I think the Raiders will win. I think it'll be a massive win. I think they'll get up thirteen plus. Um, there's none of this home home ground advantage anymore for any of these sides. They're all playing away from home. Uh, the Knights struggle away from Newcastle. Uh, I, I just think that Raiders pack is just coming into its own now. And, you know, uh, Elliot Whitehead, fresh off his re-signing for another two years, I think he signed at the Raiders for. Yeah, he's been um, a great servant for them. He has, and he's a great inclusion. He's missed the last two games with injury. Um, Harley Smith-Shields, another... 
hyphenated surname. So no, at no doubt at some stage in the next year or two, he'll end up at the Warriors. Um, <laughs> of to course, join, he has to. to join, yeah, to, you know, we've had Tuivasa Shek, we've got Watani Zalesniak, <laughs> Harris Tavita, Murdoch Masilla, Tanoa Brown, Fanua Fenu, uh, Blake. Is there any... Uh, Tui, Tui, Mavavi, Tui Mavavi Gerard, remember he was sniffing around yeah, as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... We're good with a uh, with a hyphenated surname. We know how to use them, uh, so he could be a, ra- <laughs> he could be a warrior. Um, he's a big unit too. He's a big, big, strong winger. Uh, strong, strapping play young week. lad. Strapping yeah. young. He was yeah. good. Um, Suncorp Stadium, Storm versus Panthers. Uh, pro- probably not the the grand final replay that we're all looking forward to, and uh, certainly you know round three this year was great, where the Panthers. I think one twelve ten or fourteen twelve or something like that. It was only two points in it. This is not going to be a game like that. Uh, Nico, Denied a try on the buzzer. Yeah. Nico Hines uh, retains his fullback spot with uh, Ryan Pappenhausen again named on the bench. Cameron Munster returns from being rested last week. Dale Fanukan also returns with uh, Big Tui Kamikamitha dropping back to the interchange bench. Um, the heartbreak kid, Aaron Penne. Uh, no, sorry. Aaron Penne back on the interchange bench. Uh, Harry Grant named on the extended bench. Uh, so he could be a late inclusion uh, uh, at this point in time. Uh, Panthers, Brett Powder-Naden retains his spot in the centres. Uh, Robert Jennings named on the wing to replace the injured Brian Toto. Matt Burton moves back to his preferred position in the halves to partner Jerome Luai. Liam Casper-Martin moves into the front row for Mr. Intensity James Fisher-Harris. Uh, who has left the bubble for his the birth of his child. Um, Paul Gallon's cousin, Matt Eisenhuth, named it lock for the injured uh, Isaiah Yo and uh, Isaac Tago and Jermaine Hopgood named on the interchange bench. Um, mate, I, I think the Storm are going to put a number on the, the Panthers. I think it'll be 13-plus. I think it's going to be a, another big win for the Storm. I, I have to agree. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Storm put forward. on again. This week, I think they'll be way way too good for haven't probably haven't had a great last fortnight. I mean, they were, they got lucky against us with all the injuries. So yeah, I'm expecting a bit another yeah. win from the Storm. Apologies, I said it was Sunday game yep. previously, but this is actually the first game on Sunday at Seabus Super Stadium. We've got the Bulldogs uh, versus the Titans. Bulldogs Scarecrow gets a reprieve and is named at halfback with Lachlan Larusso Lewis <laughs> dropping back to the extended bench. Um, Adam Elliott returns from injury in the back row and Joe Stimson dropping back to the extended bench. And for the Titans, Isan Masters named to replace the injured Paddy Herbert and uh, Sexy named at halfback again. But uh, Jamal Fogarty named on the extended bench. So there could be a late change there. The Enigma, David Fafita named as a starting back row. And the Don, fresh from his latest board short quest, <laughs> has been named on the extended bench. Extended bench for the yeah. Don. Come on. Yeah. Extended bench with these extended shorts. <laughs> extended shorts, exactly. Um, look, I think the Titans will get the job done, but the Bulldogs have been showing a lot of fight and tenacity, and I expect it to be, uh, you know, a close win. Very close game, but I think Titans will have too much class at the end. Uh, I agree, mate. Um, Luke Thompson's out for the the Bulldogs. That's come through Big tonight. Loss. He's, huge loss. Yeah, yep. he's, he's been suspended. So, um, yeah, that's a huge loss for the Bulldogs pack. Um uh, again, you know, uh, they've bought the Scarecrow in. I, I don't think the Scarecrow offers offers them anything. Not unless um, he's been to, been to see the Wizard during the week. That's exactly right. Um, 
and there is no Wizards in the Bulldogs lineup. So, uh, yeah, I, I reckon the Titans. I, I think it'll be a, a lot closer than people think. I think the Titans are going to buy about 10 points. Mm. Um, and that brings us to the last game, is it? Yeah. Uh, at Morton Daly Stadium, Redcliffe, uh, home of the uh, Redcliffe Dolphins. Um Anthony Gadget, Don Go Go Gadget Shorts. <laughs> go Go Gadget Shorts. Um, the Sharks. Sharks versus Seagulls. The Sharks. Will Chambers returns and slots straight into the centres. Connor Tracy at six and uh, Braden Trindle at seven for the injured Moylan and Johnson, uh, although Moylan has been named on the extended bench. Uh, Britton Nakora promoted from the bench to the run-on team and Jack Williams back to the interchange bench. And Andrew Fafita again named on the interchange bench. Uh, the Seagulls, uh, no changes to the starting 13 for the Seagulls from last week's game. Uh, Mad Dog Lawton named on the interchange bench, returning from injury. Curtis Sirinan also named on the inter interchange bench for his first game since round one. Mm. Uh, and that pushes uh, Moses Suley and Cade Cust uh, back to the extended bench. Um, for me, I am going to pick Manly 13+. plus. Yeah, I agree. Manly are in great form. The Sharks are going to be up against it with uh, Sean Johnson out for probably the rest of the season. Um, I think yeah, Manly will have way too much strike power for them. And that rounds out the weekend of footy. Absolutely. Upcoming games. Um, as we said, yeah, upcoming round, games. round 20 versus the Tigers for the Mike Doreen Cup. Uh, Warriors have one hand on, as we said, with a six-point differential. So it's going to come down to it's points. It's actually four-point, so. isn't it? Four, four, four point, point. Four oh, point oh, oh. Apologies, Carl. Come on. We, we Just give, at least give us a two-point buffer there. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's going to be at Suncorp. That'll be part of the double header. So if you can get along to that, please do. But if you aren't able to get along, we will be doing a live uh, watch yep. with that Is one. Is it a milestone game? Because... Is someone in the Tigers playing a milestone game? Because um, yeah, who? We're, we're playing for twenty losses in a row, mate. because oh, you're not real good at milestone no, games, no, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> rounds round twenty one. The following week is actually going to be a triple header, so that'll be a great one um, to get along to because we're the three o'clock game, and then there'll be a couple of games after that. So um, anyone in southeast Queensland, make sure you get along to that. Um, we got. After that, round 22, which was this now, we don't actually know, sorry, where that's being played. So we know that round 21 versus Sharks is definitely at Suncorp. Venue to be confirmed for round 22 versus the Bulldogs. Uh, round 23 will be at Suncorp Stadium against the Broncos. That will be as scheduled, I believe. So that will still yep, that's be... the uh, 4 o'clock Sunday Channel 9 game. Yeah. yeah, Channel 9 game. There you go. Um, round 24 versus Raiders to be confirmed. And then the final round of the season uh, at Seabus Super Stadium, Seabus Super Stadium versus the Gold Super. Coast Titans. Super stuff that. Uh, yeah. Was to be RTS's final regular season game for the Warriors? Not to be. Uh, hopefully, we will both be there. I will I'll definitely be there, but we're hoping that this uh, lockdown business resolves itself. The COVID thing, the situation improves in Sydney and, and uh, we can get the hammer up for that game. Um, and hopefully a, uh, a pre-game get-together for all the supporters as well. But um, stay tuned. Stay tuned for that one. As, as yep. always, Warriors posters available at the game from either of us if we're there. Um, upcoming live chats, as we mentioned last night, we do have Brent Tate, champion, um, ex-Warrior, ex-Bronco, Cowboy, 
and Queensland and Australian star. And yep. we're coming on to have a chat with us in the coming weeks. Uh, we've and, got Stacey yeah. Jones. Yeah, Jones. The, the little general. Stacey Jones coming on on Saturday the 14th. Uh, we still yet to confirm a time with Stacey for that one. Uh, depends on his commitments. Um, but it will be happening on that Saturday. Uh, and then uh, just prior to the NRLW season, we're going to have Georgia Hale stop by and have a chat with us. Um, and another big announcement due to... Uh, yeah, Rue's video's frozen at my end too, but I can still hear him. Your video's frozen, bro. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I don't know why that's, um, what's happening there, but yeah, I'm still here. Uh, and uh, yeah, we've got another... Might have another announcement to make a, another big uh, interview coming up uh, in a couple of weeks as well. But, you know, just keep keep um, following us on Facebook and, and Instagram. Uh, we're all out. We post all our news. Um, all our posts are, are done through there. Uh, you can catch us on YouTube. And now we're, we'll be doing the live stream to, uh, to YouTube as well now um, every week. So you can catch the, the live show on Facebook or YouTube. And if you don't catch us live and you want to catch up, uh, you can always go to the Facebook page and or the YouTube page and watch a, a replay of the video. Or That's if it. you're like me and like to stick some headphones on and, and zone out, listen to some stuff, you can find us on uh, Spotify, Apple, Google, Breaker, Radio Direct, and iHeartRadio on all the podcast platforms. Just uh, type in Ruin Hammer, search, uh, and follow and subscribe us, and um, then you'll get the updates every time we upload. We I upload all the... Um, all the uh, Live uh, chats, uh, pretty so much straight after the whole back catalog. Yep. Whole back catalogs yep. there, so make sure you check it out. Yeah. Uh, Friday night, you, me, and the great one will be doing a live uh, reaction to the game, won't we? The Mike Doreen Cup decider. We will be. Um, it'd be great to get maybe some of our New Zealand fans in on that if they so want to be. Um, yeah. But no, I mean New Zealand-based fans. Um, yeah, shut up. <laughs> um, yeah, guys like TK or, or Mark Roberts, if they want to jump jump on a live feed with us yeah, on, on Friday get, and get in touch uh, while you guys are watching. Guys yeah, while you guys are watching on your um, New Zealand broadcast through Sky Sport One or whatever it is over there that run the the Warriors games, we can kind of have a bit of banter and so forth through uh, the Ruin Hammer. Uh, Facebook Live and uh, be, be a nice bit of fun. Um, have a bit of banter with you boys during the game. Uh, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Just, send, That's what it's all about. just yeah. send me a private message and let me know if you're keen. And um, yeah, we'll work something out for Friday night. We'll uh, are we going to do it through this restream or we'll do it through yeah, YouTube? I, th I think we can do it we, if we we do it through restream. We can go. The the beauty of this is we can go live to Facebook and to uh youtube as well YouTube. so we can go yeah, across multiple platforms so we can do that we can any of you guys want to join we can send you the link to join in yep absolutely yeah yep. beautiful awesome um awesome another big week mate uh yep. two big shows um again Certainly thank you thanks to don't thanks for um don't get josh gage he'll be stuck in wednesday with his stream yeah yeah i know <laughs> um want a massive shout out to jazz uh for you know, joining us last night um, and uh, one that tuned in last night, everyone that tunes in uh, tonight and continues to follow and support us. We appreciate that. Keep sharing all our stuff. Yeah. Uh, we do yeah, it. Much love, love to for, all you guys. Yep. Yeah. 
absolutely. Um, as, as we always say, it's just two two fans doing something for for other fans, and you know we're happy for all the other for the other fans to get involved any way they can. So uh, whether it be you know get you on for these live things, game game review things, which are a little bit of fun, and, and it makes the whole game experience watching from home a little bit um, more bearable too. I think uh, for a lot of us, it, um, it certainly does. But yeah, yeah. But thank you to everyone. Um, for for those in lockdown around various parts of uh, the world, um, stay safe, particularly uh, my fellow Sydney and uh, New South Welshmen. Uh, we're doing a goddess. little doing a little bit tough for those out of um, lockdowns in, and able to yeah. able to move freely within the community. Make sure you get out and um, don't take your freedoms for granted. It's a uh, you know, great to be able to, to do that kind of stuff. If you can get to the games, get to the games, show the boys some support. That's um, it. They really need it. Cam George says he really appreciates all, all us guys getting out there and supporting them. Absolutely. Um, and yeah. it means and it means a lot to the to the to the group as well. Yep. Yeah. And um yeah, not that he's gonna see this, but on the off chance that he does, uh, that someone shows him, uh, we just want to say much love to um Roger Tuovasashek, uh to him and his family. Um, his wife and his beautiful kids. Uh, we wish them all the best on their new adventure uh, and his new journey in pursuing uh, an All Blacks career. And, and we uh, are indebted to him forever um, for what he's done in a Warriors jersey, uh, particularly in the past two years. He's been that that strength of character and that shining light for um, for everyone within our organisation. Uh, and he's, he's led us admirably on and off the field, and I just want to thank him for everything he's done. Yeah, couldn't have said it better myself. I echo those thoughts. Champion yeah. player, champion bloke. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, mate. Uh, that'll just about do us. Thanks again for everyone for tuning in, and, um, yeah, we'll we'll speak to you. Uh, uh, no doubt we'll uh, yeah chat to you next week and um, see you over the weekend. Cheers, guys. Thanks, everyone. Cheers, bro.